Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is brought to you by Blue Haven Sports Bar in Greenwich Village, New York. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Blue Haven, New York Sports Bar for Grown Ups. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode 3.40. It is 9.30 p.m. It is Tuesday night. It is October the 16th, 2012. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast. Nice. Minkia. It's nice, this one. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm Steve Pietro, one of your hosts, live from Bayside, New York. Joining me in a second, the co-host of the program. Uh, Mr. Brian Calniva Calpino Caliente. Hi, Bri. Bringing you right in. Let's go. Right in. Let's go. Let's wow. go. Let's make with the show. Let's go. Well. Squeep, 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 squeep. Here we are. Yes, here we are. It is. I mean, it is. It's nutty out there. There is so much going on. There's a debate going on right now on Long Island. You're live from Comac. I'm live from Bayside. It's happening right uh, almost equidistant from us. Yeah, right in the middle. Right right smack in the middle. There's probably about 36 miles between Cal and I right now, 18 miles in either direction. Those boys are going at it. And we don't talk politics here on Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. We are saving that uh, for the spinoff. That's in the works, by the way, Cal. I know. It's in development. (laughs) <laughs> we need a uh, we need a podcast runner for that one. Did it get greenlit? Yeah, we need we need like Rob Schmeigel to run that you know <laughs> to run that to the networks. I'm excited. Ready? I mean, if you ever get, if this would be the time to do it, right? Yeah, ready to unload politics with uh, uh, the bishop and uh, Raspy Bry. <laughs> Raspy Bry. That's who we got. It. We got our buddy Brian Stevens. Uh, PJ's a, a Democrat of sorts. Uh, Brian's a Republican of sorts, but they're in the middle. Watch, watch the sparks fly. Let it roll. Oh, <laughs> uh, the picture of them with the flaming microphone and stuff is going to be so oh, great. The promo just, picture, you know, yelling at each other and you know, <laughs> Sunday nights this fall. You thought there was one ready to unload. They're ready to unload again. Politics will never be the same. <laughs> Polit- po- political podcasts will never be the same. <laughs> Sunday night on some network. 
Welcome to the show, buddy. We got a ton to talk about. The Yankees are playing right now. Holy crap. Uh, in the playoffs, uh, we're going to talk a ton about the Yankees in the big unload and the ALCS and the A-Rod and the phone numbers and the Jeter out for the game and the they can't hit and uh, Robbie Cano setting a record over 26. Not good. No, it's that, worse than that now. Yeah, right, facing Justin Verlander tonight because, you know, that should go well. What could, what could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? And Joe Dry, I mean, since we last spoke, we did the show live last week, Cal. The live remote was a blast, by the way. Yeah, we had a we had a great time. Thanks to everybody over at Blue Haven. They did a great job for us. The, the the place was fantastic. We had the the crowd was there with us. Everything was great, except you'll never get to hear that. Right. Except unfortunately, uh, you know, Blog Talk Radio. We're not going to blame them. We're just going to blame them. Is what we're going to do. So we're not going to put it all on Blog Talk Radio. We're going to just put it all on Blog Talk Radio. If it wasn't for Blog Talk Radio. I mean, everything would have gone fine if it wasn't for Locke. No, uh, uh, just we had some problems with the recording of the sound. We had some problems with the sound that night that will all be worked out uh, for the next live remote uh, next month uh, from Blue Haven. But uh, super thanks to uh, to Jay Mafali, uh, who did the sound for us on site, to uh, PJ for sticking with it, our producer. We're going to bring him in in a minute. He's here. Oh, he is. He's, he, he's joined us. He's, I think he's got one eye on the debate, one eye on the world's strongest man. Now, that's not a like a prison reference or anything. He's actually working. Not the actual individual. Right. Not the, right. 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 He's, he's not staring at a picture of Lars Van Magnus and Lawson. He's, uh, he's working. Uh, uh, yeah, working on that program, the world's strongest man program. And uh, he's here. He's here to uh, to talk sports and pop culture, uh, so we'll bring him in a second. But thanks to him for hanging in with us because it was it was difficult. But uh, we had a great time. Everybody at Blue Haven was awesome. We're going to do that again next month. That was fantastic. But we said some things that people will never hear. Some things were said, all right, and that which was not said was insinuated. Maybe better left unsaid. Nah, nah, you said some As it things. Were. All right, thank you. Drinks, drinks around the house. Um, but, and one of the things we talked about was Joe Girardi and not going with his gut, and does he have a gut? And uh, and and then on Friday night, lo and behold, he went with his gut. And uh, or was it Friday night or Thursday night when he pinched it for a rod? It was Thursday night. It was Thursday. It was Wednesday night. It was Wednesday night. Boy, it was Wednesday. Are... It was Game Three. Right. He pinched Man, a it. lot. Wow. I mean, it was a week. It was crazy. A lot has happened. Every Yankee fan, I feel like, is 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 Anchorman right now. Like, is in a glass booth of emotion. It's been the most crazy roller coaster. They played five games in a row. That's it's rare in the playoffs to play five games in a row like that. But they played five day five nights in a row. They played. A lot has happened since last Tuesday. Yeah, five ridiculously high intensity games in a row. A game five, game one and two. They've lost their captain. They're playing postseason games for the first time since 1995 without Derek Jeter in the lineup. And it's not like they make the postseason every other year. They've made the postseason every year but one since 2000, uh, and that being 2008, of course. Um, and Derek Jeter is missing his first games since 1995 when he wasn't on the team. So, I mean, it's nuts. He gets hurt on Saturday night. A-Rod's giving out his... We're going to talk... We got to... We're going to talk about it for sure. We're going to talk about the Jets and Giants later. That's you know crazy. The Jets uh, welcoming in the or going up to see the Patriots after beating the Colts. 
I'm not back. I'm not back on board. The Giants with a beatdown of the 49ers. Did not see that coming. Knew they'd win the game. And it, and it, and now is going to my theory that, and I've I've been saying this all season. I wish I could bet eight million dollars every time somebody says the Giants are going to lose a game. I I wish I could bet. I wish I had a million dollars every time. Eight million dollars. Eight million dollars. That's the number I'm setting. Because they never lose those games. It's like the Carolina game earlier this year. They're never going to be able to compete. They're going to get blown out. It's a trouble, trouble game. I, I wish I could have bet a million dollars on that. They just don't lose those games anymore. Not with Eli Manning in charge. So we're going to talk about why they're the best team in the NFL, because they are. Uh, because I firmly believe that they can beat any team any day. I don't believe every NFL team can do that. Well, then, then you don't subscribe to the any given Sunday doctrine. I, I, I don't. You don't. This Ooh. particular season, I don't. In, in, I mean, in theory, I do. Obviously, it, it's possible. But to me, the Giants are the only team in the NFL that can beat every team in the NFL. I, that's me. We'll talk about it later. You no, seem very upset by this, even. Oh I'm I'm not upset. I'm skeptical. And then blustery Rex was back. Okay, so that's great for you. You Ooh. love when Rex Ryan uh, is sure. It you love can't, it. Can't get enough of that. Me, I've had it with the whole mishpuka. I'm ready to. No, son of a. I'd better not. Uh, I have what doctors call a little bit of a weight problem. I used this to is, grab uh... as a kid, two at a time. And I'd get them launched right in this region here. I was checking the uh, specs on the end line for the Murray. <laughs> I'm retarded. Cal, this is uh, <laughs> Cal. This is what PJ has put together for Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan is Tommy Boy. He's Tommy. I understand. Yes. Yes. He also. Uh, we're gonna bring in the bishop in a second. He not only is he Tommy Boy, which is a great. Uh, thing a couple weeks ago, PJ said he was uh, Krusty the Clown, and that's <laughs> was it. Wait, was it Rex Ryan who was Krusty? No, maybe it was somebody else. And it applies to Rex Ryan too. It was somebody else though. It was like talk to the audience. This is always death. Oh, Francesca. He said Francesca is Krusty the Clown. It's so perfect. Talk to the <laughs> talk to the that's, callers. That is good. Oh. This is always death. <laughs> he is Krusty the Clown. PJ finally listened to Francesa, and he decided he's Krusty the Clown. Um, he was in rare form today because, you know, A-Rod giving out his number in the middle of a playoff game when he's 0 for 100 and hasn't gotten a hit in eight months. It's not a big deal. It's not a, it's not not a big, big deal. Nope. No problem, nope. Cal. Until later on in the afternoon when he was uh, benched. For tonight's game, then it became a big deal. Oh, it was it was a it was a catastrophe. Yeah, of epic proportions. Okay, it was huge. Uh, let's bring him in, the bishop, bishop pop culture PJ. Yo, Peach, what up? This is always death. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's spot on for Francesca. I really do. Oh. We're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get letters about that one. Well, it reminded me of Krusty the Clown because he was just like this. I mean, he was seemed tired of doing it, but would never retire, and had nothing but old stories, <laughs> ponderous old stories. That's exactly it. 
and the, but the, the the big thing was Cal that I told Steve was that I was so disappointed that he didn't sound like you. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't we apparently don't do him well. Well, no, we don't. it's just I've come to know Francesa as the way Brian Calvi does Francesa, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no. I think the Krusty the Clown analogy or comparison is so spot on. It's perfect. Well, I, it really I kind is. of enjoy the way the way that Cal does it more than the man himself does it. Right. I've, take, I've taken some artistic liberties with it over it's the years, better. but... You've improved on him. But you're right, PJ. He, he's got that... Uh, down uh, pat. Yeah. <laughs> Just that he, groan. This again. Right. He hates the callers. I mean, he just like Krusty hates the audience or hates the kids. What a great profession he's chosen. Right, he hates the callers, like the very the very people that keep him in business. Right, just like Krusty hates the kids. Like the very on a personal that note, that's why I didn't get into teaching. <laughs> because I hate how many kids. how many people have you heard that have told me that I should be a teacher? Sandy. Uh, oof, that's I don't I I could I I could never see it. Uh, is it a lot? I, you know, Peach, I've not heard that said about you. Oh, oh, man. No, people say it all the time. Is that right? Why aren't you teaching? You would be the greatest English teacher that any kid would have. You know that teacher that everyone remembers? You'd be that guy. Wow. No, I just not, say, what, not you. but I, I hate other people's kids. You must. Right. You have to know this. Do, do people know you? When they're making this assertion, I don't think they know you. These are a lot of people that have known me since college, right? And I guess they were ju- they were just surprised that I, I didn't go straight into uh, an education degree. No, I think I think PJ just kicked off the humble brag portion of the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? People have always told me I'd make an excellent male model. <laughs> That's Weird. right. I just well, don't see it. Do you I mean, have I, people who tell you what your career should be? How about that? There's a fun load. I get people one. telling me all the time, you know what you should be doing? <laughs> like, no, hey, don't. What about what I am doing? Is that all right? No, no, no. That's not good. That's not it. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> no. Yeah, way to, way to piss all over what I'm actually doing right now. Thanks for, yeah. thanks for pant load. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I feel great about You're doing myself. it all wrong right now. Right. You're doing television? Really? You didn't go into teaching? That is strange. Oh, thanks. Good to see you too. You know, you know what you do. You know what you're doing with your life? Now you're doing it wrong. Move you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Get out of the oh, way. I can't, I can't argue with. I mean, that's a pretty simple argument, actually. You yeah. screwed up. Yes, I. Yes, I did. Take another caller. This is always <laughs> death. <laughs> I forgot I had said that. <laughs> so it's so perfect. I can't get that out of my head now. Now I'm just thinking of all the analogous things that we could say with Krusty and Francesca. Like, you know, that's an enormous game. Enormous. <laughs> the killer bees. They, they, <laughs> they oh, a rod's not hitting. Crustied <laughs> up. <laughs> right. Jeter <laughs> broke his ankle. This is always death. <laughs> <laughs> my, one of my favorite crusties is, is that one and the uh, 
we're going to get letters on this one. <laughs> like when he does something like racist or something, like some sort of racist stereotype. Oh, we're going to get letters on this one. Uh, PJ, are you watching the debates? I had to stop. The debate. <laughs> there, had... there, are not, there are not multiple debates going on at once. <laughs> the singular Hofstra debate, I had to look away uh, because I was getting too involved, and um, I am, as you say, uh, splitting up my duties tonight. I've got uh, World's Strongest Men in one corner, I've got you guys in one corner, and then I'm out of corners, so i got to stop. All right, and also we know uh, if we're going up against the World's Strongest Man, we're, we're losing. And yeah. If- if he's in one corner, and in ratings. That's correct. Well, allow me to promote that for a second. Yeah, it's a, it's really good this year. It really, it's, the show is really strong this year. It's never looked what, this oh, good. What's what, the what big, the, strong? What's really strong? All is right. It, is it strong enough to pull a helicopter? <laughs> that yes. Strong? Why not? How about a truck? How about a truck? What are they pulling this year? A truck. <laughs> Alert. <laughs> Pulling a truck, yeah, the the Atlas Stones are back as well. Oh good. Good. Those I love are, things. Those are good. And I don't want to spoil it in any way, but I will say put your money on the Lithuanians. That's all I'm gonna say. Fight a nickel. That's right. For all the money I've won on Lithuanians. <laughs> well, look. I'd have a nickel. I don't want to say it's a sure thing. <laughs> but the Lithuanians have it in the bag. <laughs> there are big people, apparently. There are large folk. Uh, uh, Peach, will you come back later and do the uh, the fun load type thing? We're either going to talk about Andy Bost. Uh, because Cal, Cal had a nice one this weekend. Apparently on Sunday he had a nice one at a christening. Very nice. So I might just want to sit back and drink some wine and listen to Cal describe. Right, we might we may do a little Andy Boss. We may do a little uh, adult Halloween costumes. Halloween's coming. Excuse up. me. Hey, my hey. kids listening tonight. Watch it. Watch it. Uh, no. no, 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 no. Halloween <laughs> costumes for adults. Yeah, no, not X-rated. Exactly. Thank. You. Oh, Thank oh, you. oh, 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 of course. Oh, I, I, well, I have a whole different opinion about that. <laughs> Yo, that I can talk about. Elvira joins us later, by the way, to talk about that. <laughs> I never got into the Elvira. Who no. did? Nobody's allowed to do that. Oh, oh many, stop many, Are you kidding? There are lines around the block for that woman. Are you kidding? I guess. I don't know. She always seemed... I, I mean, look. I like cleavage a lot. I was going <laughs> to say... I was going to say just... <laughs> Just as much as the next guy, but I I like it, I like it far more. Right. Um, it, but she always seemed old to me. Like she always seemed like motherly or matronly. Because she's like thirty years older than you. Right. She will like, always so, be the same number of years older than you. <laughs> no matter how you age. I'm scale in that pre <laughs> in that prepubescent era. Where she's supposed to be like a uh, a sort of uh, thing for a young uh, uh, a man burgeoning. We better, we better stop. We better stop yeah. here. I mean, come on. We don't talk politics. Must we talk about this and you back then? I'm just. I don't believe she was. I don't believe she was ever intended for a burgeoning young man. I think it was for kind of a middle-aged man who was around the same age as her. Uh, that 
He used virgin a lot. <laughs> he, I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> he, Tebow's a virgin? Yes, we knew I that. Said, I said I understand that you used the virgin a lot. Yes. <laughs> Virginian young man. Like a virgin. Oh, oh Cal. Wow. Put a quarter in the pun jar. That is all right. Awful. I'll be broke tonight. Yeah, that is terrible. Okay, let's do the uh, the Blue Haven spot. Good music. This is a really good tune. This is uh, called "When I'm With You," and uh, it's going to be on the soundtrack to the movie Fat by our buddy Mark Finney. Uh, check that out. Finney's uh, editing it, working on it right now. Really, really cool. Very good song. You can go uh, Fat Movie on Facebook. Search for that. So there's Finn. Cal, we were at Blue Haven last week. Yeah, before you get into this, let me just say, this was my first trip to Blue Haven, and it more than lived up to everything that you had been saying about it. The place was just awesome. Yeah, it's a great sports bar. It's not, we're not going to, you know, it's not, uh, we're not going to make it out to be something. It's not a fantastic sports bar in New York City on the corner of Houston and Thompson, right there in Greenwich Village. Uh, it's a sports bar for grown-ups, Cal. You know, you, you saw the people that were in there. They were great. They're watching the game, having good conversation. Uh, it's not like there were 50. That's not what we're saying. There were young people in there, nice. But uh, it, it's more of a grown-up crowd. People who want to watch sports, hang out, have great food. I had the uh, the tower. In fact, we have pictures, we have pictures that we're going to put up uh, with this episode of me uh, and getting lots of help with an 80 ounce tower of Coors Light, and it's in like a Kool Aid thing, nice. Yeah, like, it's like in a picnic. Right, it looks like they took the Kool Aid thing you would have at a picnic with like the spigot and everything and outfitted it right. with Coors Light. But classy, nice. No, <laughs> not like we would have done in college, right? <laughs> Where I would have had like a, I would have had like an EA Sports NHL '94 sticker on there, and like a couple of Jet stickers, and then a Coors Light, you know, sign that I stole. Liberated. No. Liberated. Nothing stuff. like that. You know, this is classy. This thing's meant for beer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, 15 screens, big screens, great food, 80 ounce Coors Light. Uh, and Bud Light, uh, all the games. Go there on Saturday. Go there on Sunday. Go there during the week. Watch the playoffs. You know, watch the uh, the Yankee games. Watch the baseball playoffs. Great people there. It's BlueHavenNYC.com. Uh, check them out. Great stuff. And uh, again, special thanks to them for last week's remote. That was awesome. Now, now, boy, that was that was radio style. That was radio style, wasn't it? Yeah, but appropriate. Did it feel? Uh, did I? Did I come off as like Scott Munish there? No, voice was not deep enough. How about? <laughs> and it wasn't. First it, wasn't it wasn't kitschy either. I think it was done tastefully. It was genuine. Tasteful that was radio. Jeff Beck. <laughs> Coming up, things from England. <laughs> Ah, oh, Scott Muni, so good. This is Scott Muni. Okay, we all have Scott Muni impressions because we grew up in New York. Okay, time for the big unload. And who? Uh, <laughs> that was Tommy. I played... brought to you by Paul Mall. <laughs> 
Everything was brought to you by Paul Mall. I uh, <laughs> I played the extended version because I needed to go out and have a cigarette. Scott Muni. WNEW. Wow, I uh, he sounds remarkably like Krusty. Like Krusty the Clown, yes. Yes, he does. I'm a one-trick pony tonight, kid. Hey, Cal, how about those Yankees? That's where we're going with this, huh? Couple, couple few things right off the bat. So we talked last – I could not wait to talk to you about this tonight, Bri, because uh, we're, I want to take things in order. Or as, or as Francesca did the other day, there's four levels to this after Abanez hit the home run. There were four levels that he harped on all day. I think he had like a PowerPoint. Like I think that's the most preparation he's done for a show in like 10 years. <laughs> he had the four levels of the Abanez home run. Uh, grief, uh, acceptance, I don't know. <laughs> we, do, you do, do you want to do this chronologically? You know, I just want to talk about this because we did talk about it last week during the live show. Before it happened. And... I'm, I, I know it's sort of old news, but I would be remiss. We have this show. I need to talk about it. That was not going with his gut. That was gutsy to pinch hit for A-Rod there, but it was not going with his gut. He didn't have a feeling that Raul Abanez was going to hit. I think people are completely confusing what it means to go with your gut and to be gutsy. Okay, because to me that was the most by the binder. Now in the current era we live in, okay, not 2009 or 2007 or 2005 A Rod, but 2012 A Rod, one for 20 or whatever he was in the postseason, and Rulabanias who had three home runs and five at bats. That was so by the book. It was who gives him his best chance to hit a home run in that spot. Against a righty, a hard-throwing righty, who gives him his best chance to hit a home run? Wasn't he had a gut feeling Abanez was going to hit a home run? That's what he said, though. But, he, but what's he going to say? Well, I know. He said, he said he was going with his gut. No, he was gutsy. It was tremendously gutsy. I will never take that away from him. Not the gutsiest move in the history of Major League Baseball, Sweeney Murdy. Which is what he said the next day, Bri. Gutsiest move in the history of baseball. <laughs> let's not let's not get wrapped up in the hyperbole of the moment. They've been because, the game for a long time, Brian. Yeah, and there there were a lot of moments that were were gutsier, that were more dramatic. That what were about better? Pinch, what about pinch hitting for you know shoeless Joe Jackson in the nineteen nineteen? I mean, that was gutsy. Well, I I can't speak to that, but neither can Sweeney Marty. The point is this: <laughs> he was. <laughs> He was going, he was going, he made a gutsy move, which he would have been killed for if it didn't work. Killed. And he knows that. So it's gutsy. But as far as putting Raul Abanez, needing a home run to tie the game, and putting Raul Abanez up there instead of A-Rod, was by the book. That's the move you make with 2012 A-Rod. Which a lot of people have a hard time distinguishing between 2012 A-Rod and all-time A-Rod. You're seeing that a lot now. You see, you know, everybody... Like Joe Girardi's dealing with today's A-Rod. That's right. But, that's, but, but, but all you're hearing about is, well, but he's A-Rod. But he's A-Rod. Yeah, but he's not that A-Rod. He's not 
that player from ten years ago. Exactly. Or even five years ago. Now. Got to treat him differently. Skip to tonight. There's no way he shouldn't be in the lineup tonight. So. No. Wow, you you jumped over a lot of events. Yeah, we're gonna happening, we're gonna though. cover everything there. I'm just to to, to button this point. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Girardi Girardi pinch hitting there was the right move. Uh, letting him hit with second and third and one out, I think was the right move. I didn't agree with pinch hitting him for him when you're down four nothing. What's well, the difference? Well, then there's well then there's the issue in that case. And then at bat, why do you let him bat in that key spot with the tying runs on base? But then you pinch hit for him when he's the last batter in the 12th inning or whatever it was. Two reasons. One, if you pinch so, for him with one out and second and third there, they're going to walk whoever you pinch hit. They would rather pitch to A-Rod there than the pinch hitter. And they did. And your hope there is that he can hit a fly ball. You only need a run. You can get an out. You can get a run on an out. So... Your hope there is that he runs into a fly ball. Because if you pinch hit from there, Cal, they walk him. So that I had no problem with Girardi leaving him in the game there. You're hopeful that this guy still has enough to put the ball in play. He didn't. And again, not because he's A-Rod, but because he's a major league baseball player at that point. That's right. That's exactly right. And he, you know? he, he, and he even this year, was an above-average major league baseball player. Until he got hurt. Until he got hurt. But, I, I again, I have no problem with them letting him hit there because if you pinch hit for him, they're going to walk him. And you know Buck Showalter's going to walk whoever pinch hits for him. You know Buck wanted to pitch to A-Rod there. I mean, Buck Showalter didn't want them to pinch hit for A-Rod there. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. So, you... you I, I, have no, I don't understand taking him out, though, later on in that game unless you don't want him to make the last out at home and get booed off the field. That's, well, that is probably the reason why he did that. Okay. But I think you lose him a little more there. I think he can understand – Aaron can understand why you pinch hit for him with Abanez on Wednesday night. He's going bad. Abanez is going great. You need a home run. It's against a hard-throwing right-hander. I mean, Aaron's striking out on 85-mile-an-hour. Fastball's from Darren O'Day. Come on now. So he, he's certainly not going to hit Johnson. So I think A-Rod could understand that. His pride is hurt, but he can understand that, especially the way it worked out. But, and now to sit him tonight. Now, in, well, 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 hold on. Let's back right. up. we gotta fill these. we got to fill the gaps in. Because, <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. They, um, they pinch it for him on Thursday. Girardi pinched it for him in the 12th inning on Thursday because, like you said, and I agree with you, that he didn't want him to make the last out of the game at home and get completely booed off the field. Right. And we agree that that did not, you lost A-Rod a little bit there. Then you really lost him the next night in game five, a deciding game, you benched him. Right. Benched him in game five. I mean, this is the deciding game of the series, and you benched him. Yep. You, 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 I mean, you talk about losing a guy. Right. And then you play him in game one. Then you bring him back in game one. And then you and pinch you, hit for him. And you pinch hit for him again. Again. Down 4 nothing, which I didn't understand. Right. And then they somehow come back and tie that game with another ridiculously a ridiculous home run for Rua Abanez. And then you lose uh, Derek Jeter in the extra innings. 
to to a fractured ankle, which is a weird looking play, Brian. I know. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I know it's Tuesday. It happened Saturday night, but we no, haven't but, had a chance to talk about it. It was just weird looking. And I gotta tell you, I mean, as as Met fans, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for you. As a Met fan, even even just the image of of Jeter like being carried off the field, right? Little, you know. Oh, I hated it. Hated it. Because we we identify. Look, we're not obviously on his level as far as playing baseball, but or, he's the same. Or anything really. Or really anything. <laughs> um, but he's the same age as us, so yeah. we've always joked that we've kind of like followed his career from from that perspective of being in our lives at his age, and to watch him go down with an injury like that, you're kind of like, well, well, you know, his his baseball mortality is right in front of us now. And, and uh, we feel linked to it in a way, yeah. A little bit, yeah. So that and, was that was that was just kind of striking to see that on Saturday night. And also tremendous. Yeah, you know, again, it's been talked about a lot, but we haven't talked about it. So uh, tremendous to see him. You know, he refused to be carried off the field, right? So he, had, you know, they were going to pick him up and carry him off. Well, they did. No, 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 no. They had him up, Cal. And then he said, "No, no, put me down." And he went with his arms around their shoulders. Yeah, but he they, wasn't. They were, he wasn't putting any weight on that leg. No, but I'm saying, Brad, they were full carrying him off. Oh, right. Yes, right. Like they had him in like almost not a fireman position, but like a cradle uh, position. They were carrying him over the threshold. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I don't mean to make light of it, but that's kind of the way that. But two I, guys, I can describe two, guys it. two guys on either side of him, right? Right. If he married two guys, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> wow! See where we took it? How quickly? Back and they out both there. Carried him over. And they both carried him over the threshold, which would be legal. No. Um. Yeah, but he refused to have that happen because he thought it would be demoralizing for the guys to see. And he said, "He said, I'm not. You can. I, I'll go out with my weight on your guys' shoulders, but I'm not being carried off the field. I mean, just classic. Uh, uh, you wouldn't expect anything less from Jesus. Yeah, it's really. a classic move from. And you know, anybody who. As listen to the show, but also who knows Met fans and good Met fans, uh, no one wants to see Derek G. You know, every it's like Red Sox fans. You know, Simmons said it. You know, you don't want to see Derek Jeter go out like that. You don't want to see Derek Jeter get hurt. You you may hate his guts, <laughs> but you respect the crap out of him. Well, and it was the same thing with Rivera earlier in the year. Nobody who wanted to see Rivera being carted off a field. Again, yeah, those are the two guys. Those you are the know? two guys. I mean, I hate them. But I, you know, damn it, do I respect them? Now, now, just just tying up the whole Arodness of this yeah. conversation because we'll get to what happened. What else happened that night that Jeter got hurt? But then you cut to Game Two against the Tigers on Sunday, and Arod back in the lineup. Right. So Girardi the saw is in full effect. Girardi starts him. He gets he gets a hit in the ninth inning. You know, to, to you know, to create some semblance of a rally. He, he was he did not make the last out. There were two outs in the ninth. He got a single to keep the game alive. He hit the ball well his previous time up. So, I mean, we're at the point now where we're this is Alex Rodriguez, and we're grasping at the fact that he had two good at bats <laughs> that he strung together where he hit the ball hard. Yay! Right? It's Alex amazing. Hit the ball. Yay. It's amazing we're at that point, but now you're thinking, all right, so maybe now you get the day off, you come back in Detroit, game three tonight, he's coming off of two good at-bats where he hit the ball, you put him in the lineup, maybe you start something, and then lo and behold, he's benched tonight 
Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. And in other news, going back to Saturday night, we have... <laughs> Oops. What, what are we calling it? Flirtgate? Flirtgate. Uh, <laughs> you know, I saw somebody tweet the other day, and I love this. You you know that gate on, on the end of something. We've talked about it a million times on the show that we sort of like hate it, how everything becomes a gate. Any controversy becomes a gate. Right. And uh, our buddy Dan Nello just just so hates it. And I, I wanted to tell Dan about this because <laughs> somebody tweeted the other day, you should <laughs> we should start using dome again for scandals, like the teapot dome scandal. We should start using dome again. So it should be flirt dome. So bring that back. Yeah, bring back dome as the uh as the the this uh what do you call it? suffix for for any sort of uh controversy. So I'm I'm starting that. We're cl- right. we're calling this flirt dome. Or flirt flirt pot dome. Flirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, you can use dome or gate for any kind of controversy and anything really serious or catastrophic has getting at the end of it. Has getting. Yes, that's right. We've been so this, guilty of we, we used that just uh, a few weeks ago. Right. So this is so you you could argue that this flirt gate was really part of a larger Yankee getting, <laughs> which, which was going on here. Right. All falling under the uh, ALCS dome scandal. Right. Gate. I like gate. Uh, I like dome. I'm going with flirt dome. Uh, flirt dome. What, what, so- what we we're referring to, Brian, is uh, Alex Rodriguez uh, sending a ball boy with a ball to some attractive women in the stands uh, during a Yankee game, during a Yankee playoff game where they're losing. Where they're losing, they're losing the game. Uh, he has been pinch hit for. <laughs> he's been removed from the game. He's uh, he's o for his last hundred. He's pinch hit for. Uh, his career is in shambles. Literally, he's getting booed out of Yankee Stadium. Uh, and what Derek G or uh, what Alex Rodriguez is thinking about is uh, the ladies. It is. It, it's remarkable. <laughs> and now listen, he is. Uh, they they joke that he's the lightning rod, and he really is a lightning rod for a lot of criticism. Some of it unfair. I think sometimes people go way over the top with him. Sure. Just to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But I have never seen a professional athlete with as poor judgment as this man. He just, he just if, if there's a wrong decision to be made ever, he makes it. And I don't think he consciously makes these bad decisions. It just, he just, it just happens. And he brings a lot of this on himself. My favorite, one of my favorite things today was uh, our, our buddy Mike Francesa here in New York on his radio program. Uh, deciding that this was not a big deal. You know, the only reason you're talking about it is because A-Rod's not hitting. Um, duh. No, really? Oh, I thought it was because it was on a Saturday. I mean, of course it's because he's not hitting. Because he sucks right now. And instead of paying attention to the playoff game that he just got removed from for sucking... He's flirting with girls in the stands and sending a ball boy over with a ball with, to get their numbers. While, while his, uh, his buddy, the captain of the team, is on the field breaking his ankle. Well, to be fair, the report was that he did he, he knocked it off when Jeter got hurt. He kind oh, of realized. That was good of him. That was nice of him. Listen, ladies. I gotta, <laughs> listen, ladies. You know, 
No, but seriously, call me. Take a break. <laughs> no, but, no, but seriously. That's what Dr. E. Ray said today. No, but seriously, call me. Let me just, I'm going to, my buddy, my boy, he hates me? What's that? He hates me? Who said, we, no, we talk, he's my boy. He loves me. We have sleepovers. He, right, he just broke his ankle. Uh, I'm going to be back. Seriously, call me. No, I mean, come on. It's it, Of course it's because he's not hitting. Because he sucks right now, so exercise some judgment and at least support your teammates. Uh, that's my point. He makes such he has such horrible, horrible no, judgment. Just, I mean, it's to say that that's not a big deal. We're not being Met homers or anti-Yankee or anything like that. This is baseball. Look, I remember in 1999, Cal, and we, I was talking to you about this today, right? Yes. You you remember what happened with Ricky oh. Henderson and Bobby Bonilla? How could I forget? I mean, they will never, ever live that down. Ricky Henderson will be remembered for one thing as a Met. What is it? Uh, playing cards in the dugout while his team was losing game six of the NLCS to the Braves with playing, Bobby Bonilla. Playing cards in the clubhouse. In the clubhouse, not in the dugout. Yeah, with Bobby Bonilla while the team was losing you know game six to the Braves. A-Rod would have had the card game in the dugout. <laughs> That's right. He would have been, been like right on the bench. Right, sitting near the Gatorade jug <laughs> with, with Nooney. With a Playing cigar hard. in his mouth. Yeah, right. right. A little, little tumbler of scotch. And and with his luck, a foul ball would be hit right to him in the dugout. <laughs> so, that, so that all of America right. could see Everybody what he's could doing. Everybody could see it. And, they, you know, he like he is so not subtle about it. He puts, like, the painting of the dogs behind him, <laughs> like, playing cards in the dugout. He's got a felt table set up. He, sends out, he puts out a base. Like, he's got, like, the whole thing out. Monogrammed <laughs> chips. Right in the... Oh, I mean, this is what those guys are remembered for. Remembered for. Bobby Bonilla is remembered for three things as a Met. Putting earplugs in, trying to get in four things. <laughs> None of them are good. Trying to get an official score changed. From, Same uh, game. Right. <laughs> that's right. Same game. Same game. <laughs> that was a good day. <laughs> Who was manager then? Was it Dallas Green? Uh, Torborg, I think. It was Torborg. You know Torborg came in the club. I said, good job, everybody. Great job. That's there today, Bobby. Anything else? Uh, you, want to, you want to take a dump on the Met emblem out on out in, out in the dug, out in the uh, on deck circle? So he maybe... pants Mr. Met for some reason. <laughs> in front of do a you, kid. You, do you want to swing at Mr. Met's head like it's a pinata in front of a bunch of children? What do you think? I'll tell you what, Cal. On that team, somebody might have done it. Uh, Between guys shooting uh, bleach into a crowd of people, lighting fireworks in crowds, <laughs> I would not have been surprised if Bobby Bonilla took a bat to Mr. Met's head like it was a pinata. Like joking around, hey, joking around, look, it's a big pinata. <laughs> Horrifying children. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Joking. Keep paying. He, he threatened the reporter, he threatened Bobcat Clappish. Yes. He should have shown the box. Which, you know what, is fair. That one I didn't have. That one I didn't have a problem with. No, that was okay. But that was what was the other one that he did? The the uh, the playing cards in the clubhouse during '99, right. which he was brought back that season. Remember, he came back to like be a pinch hitter extraordinaire or something like that. Yeah, well, they brought him back so they could trade Mel Rojas for him. That's <laughs> that's how they got him back. Yeah, uh, two all stars really, right there. Oh. And he will be known uh, that he's on the payroll for the next twenty years because the Wilpons, the brilliant businessmen that they are decided rather than paying him out in entirety, they were going to make the payments over 20 years, uh, uh, figuring that would equal 
Because, you know, they'll invest that $20 million with Bernie Madoff, by the way. Oh, we got, I mean, 17%? We can't lose. Can't lose. So they invested what would have been the payout. <laughs> but anyway, he'll be known for those things. A-Rod, I mean, this is just one one thing after another. One well, thing let me after another. Let me ask you a question now. It's always awful judgment, Brian. It's always awful judgment. I, I just, I, it, it boggles my mind. Even, and I know that about him, and it still boggles my mind every time something happens. But now, let me ask you: because of this, what he did yeah. Saturday night with the lovely ladies in the Bronx during Game One, flirt gate again, dome. What dome? Uh, and then on the heels of that, to be benched in Game Three tonight. It's it's really hard to not make that connection, especially considering the numbers he had against Verlander this year. He's well, four I, for seven this year with two home runs. Yeah. It seemed like like if your best chance of winning the game tonight was to put A. Rudd in the lineup, and he's not in the lineup, and it happens on the day that it's revealed publicly what happened on Saturday night. Is, yeah, is it all tied together, or, or am I? It, grasping at straws. No, it has to be. I don't think there. I don't think it takes a conspiracy theorist to. You know, it's not a move to get a Rod out of town. He may be the most untradeable player in recent baseball history. He's owed 114 million dollars over the next five years, guaranteed. Guaranteed. No one is taking that contract. No one. If the Yankees picked up $50 million of that contract, nobody's taking him. And they're not just going to cut him. I heard Simmons say, Cal, and I almost, I almost, I was cracking up. That's a sunk cost? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, but the Yankees are not eating $114 million and cutting him. I feel like it's more than that. No, I looked it up. It's he, has five, he has five years and 100, it's either 114 or 116. That's not including the $30 million bonus he would get if he somehow gets to 660 home runs. What? 660? He has, he has it. He's at 647, I think. Wait, so in in 13 more home runs, he gets a $30, he get 30 million dollar bonus? No, the, no, there's a bonus, and I'm not sure how it's paid out, on home runs 660 through 7, whatever breaks the record. What is it, 663? Right, yeah, I got it for you. He on gets, baseball reference, yeah, check it out. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So next year, so... Add this up. Do the math. Here, I did it. It's 114. Right? 28, 25, 21, 20, 20. That's yeah. more. Yeah, that's, that's $114, $114 million. Right. Right? And then $30 million marketing agreement based on the milestone. <laughs> so he gets he gets $6 million each Yeah. when he gets to 660. Which he's at 647, is he not? All right. Yeah. So there's another $6 million. Then another six million at seven fourteen, and then another six million at seven fifty five. Right. Good job, everybody. That is, holy cow. Yeah. So where, where are you trading him? He's got a no trade clause, and he's got a no trade clause. And if you think the Yankees are just going to eat, I mean, they can, can they afford to eat one hundred and fourteen million dollars? Come on. No, but, I mean, you're not going to – and nobody's going to – especially he's poison as far as a public relations aspect. Right. Who's going to bring him in at this point? Uh, no one. No. I mean, I, you know, I saw like a Yankee fan tweet, uh, tweet earlier today like, they should just eat the money and send him off to Houston or Kansas City. He has a no-trade clause. Right. And what makes you think Houston wants him? I mean, you can't – For free. <laughs> you, you, you can, they wouldn't want him for free. 
Uh, it's so, just... so now, so, so where, so where do we stand with him? Let's let's flash forward to tonight, game three, as we speak right now on Tuesday night at ten seventeen. It's Detroit is leading the Yankees two nothing in the sixth inning. Right. The Yankees are getting one hit by Justin Spoiler Verlander. Alert. Spoiler alert. All right. I hope you hope you didn't record it. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. As much as I love our little podcast here, there's there's nobody who's DVRing the game to listen to us. So. No, and if, if anything, they're watching the debates tonight. Spoil away. And we're hearing uh, from Pop Culture PJ, uh, look for him on Ready to Unload Politics, coming soon to a podcast near you. Uh, we're hearing this debate is legendary. So uh, after we finish up here, uh, I think we're going to watch it. But um, if the Yankees if the Yankees go on to lose this game, they go down three nothing in the series. Does he put Gerard? Does he put Arod back in the tomorrow. lineup tomorrow? And and where, and where do you go from here with Arod? I would. I mean, I I certainly would. I I think. I mean, I would put him back in the lineup tomorrow. What do you got to lose? You know, at this point, I I, I, I lose, think. But- Look, he made a number of questionable decisions tonight. I know everybody was clamoring for for uh, 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 what's his name uh, Gardner to play tonight, instead, and, and he sat Swisher as well, and he played Gardner, uh, Granderson, and Ichiro in the outfield. I, I'm sorry, but what did, what do people expect Gardner to do? And they asked Girardi this, and he said, "Well, you know, all due respect, he can't do much less than what's already been done." Which was like, wow, Nick Swish is like, dude, bro, bro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, oh. get, let's, let's get into that for 30 seconds. Take it easy, bro. Nick Swisher is upset with the fans at Yankee <laughs> Stadium for getting on his case. Right, the fans who made him. Who made so So essentially what we've got here with Nick Swisher. <laughs> let, let, me, let me see if, I could, if we could break this one down. Nick Swisher's approach to playing at Yankee Stadium was broing it up with all of the fans yeah. and, and he felt that that bought him lifetime equity with them and it didn't matter how he did on the field because he no. was a cool guy right. and when he started missing fly balls and going one for 28 and they started booing him his feel, his feel, he literally said his feelings were hurt <laughs> and he started taking his warm-ups closer to the infield and he is known for doing taking his warm-up throws out in the outfield, right. chatting away with the bleacher creatures, and and his feelings were hurt. Yeah, so is, Nick, this, is this his first week in Major League Baseball? He, he, he's surprised that New York would do this. He's surprised he's getting booed when he's not playing well. I, I really, bro, I don't get it. I was cool, man. Yeah, I, I, th- I, thought we, I thought we were boys. Yeah, until you realize that those people in the bleachers make, you know, uh, a, a realistic amount of money, and you make millions of dollars. And once you stop hitting, they're not your friend anymore, pal. He's like the he's like the disillusioned high school kid. Like I thought we were boys. What happened? <laughs> I thought we were friends. There's an after school special here with Nick Swisher written all over it. Man, bro, bro, I thought we were I thought we were tight bleacher creatures. Bleacher Bros. <laughs> I thought we were tight. How do you boo oh, a bro like that? <laughs> that? That quote may be my favorite quote of the year. When he was voted the second least likable player in Major League Baseball, and the anonymous guy uh, from another team was like, "I would, I would find him exhausting. He's always trying to bro it down with you. I would find him exhausting." Hanging around him in the clubhouse must be exhausting. And 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 you know, 
he doesn't take into a fact that he goes over four in the clinching game. He's one for whatever, and he's the first one with the champagne in the clubhouse celebrating that right. night after game five. Really didn't game, think that that would game bad. tomorrow. Right. The game tomorrow. Not gonna look bad. That's not gonna insult the, the fans that are cheering yeah. for me. No. And <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, you're a right fielder for the 2013 New York Mets. Yeah. Well. Could you imagine if that's where they spent their free agency money? <laughs> I would uh, I could Im- I could imagine that. I would literally go light right field on fire. I could imagine that. Like just nobody there. I don't want to hurt anybody. I just want to light right field on fire. <laughs> if that happens. I'm just going I'm just going to light a fire out in right field. How would he react if, you know, he's warming up in the outfield and he throws the ball to the fans in right field and they throw it back? <laughs> at City Field. It's so ridiculous. What do you uh, mean? What, what do you got dip bro? What? Bro. I thought I thought we were City Bros. <laughs> bro, come on. Bro. Let's bro it down. Um, so he's out of the lineup tonight. A-Rod out of the lineup tonight. To answer your question, Brian, if it goes, you know, if they get shut out and, and they're, again, they're losing 2 nothing right now uh, in the bottom of the sixth, uh, Phil Hughes has been hurt in this game, which is not great. I mean, it's really, the wheels are off the wagon, Babu. Um, but I, I play him tomorrow. I have to. I have to play him tomorrow. If I'm going to lose and get swept in three games, I might as well play. It's not like Eric Chavez is lighting the world on fire. Now he's over twelve. Right. <laughs> Remember hit. I wouldn't have played. I would not have played Gardner tonight. Come on, the kid hasn't batted that bat. He's had one at bat in five months, yeah. and he's coming off like a broken wrist and shoulder or something like that, right? Like, oh, go get him. Hit, go hit Verlander. And Girardi's Girardi's thought was you get a lot of speed in the lineup when you got Nunez at nine, what Gardner one, zero two. You got one hit. The speed's not helping you. <laughs> What's the matter if the poor kid can't touch the ball? It's Justin Verlander. This is no. not, not, you know. Justin Verlander's given up one run in his last, like, 28 innings. We're not talking about a guy with control problems here. Who are you going to hope, hope that Guardy works out a walk? Come on. Come on. You know what Francesca said the other day, Brian, and I totally agreed with him. He said it uh, Sunday, you know, during the uh, NFL, his NFL show when he did his hour of local and he just did all baseball. Mm-hmm. And he said, I, if I'm Girardi, I play A-Rod the rest of the series and I say, I take him into my office and, and Cano, by the way, and Cano. We're going to get to Cano in a second. I take A-Rod into my office and Cano and I say, this is your chance. You have wanted to be a Yankee immortal. You did it in 2009. You can lead this team. They will talk about you forever. I'm going to play you. Stop looking over your shoulder. I'm not going to pinch hit for you. This is it. I don't care if you go 0 for 100. And and, and, and I'm quoting Francesa here because he was absolutely spot on. I totally agreed with him. I was actually nodding my head in the shower. <laughs> he's totally right. He should have. Girardi should have said, this is it. Because he's lost them now anyway. He might as well have played them. But here's the thing, if if he if it's true that he's not playing tonight as punishment, why would he play tomorrow? He's going to punish him for one game. I could I would see him just kind of sitting him down for the rest, especially if if they're down 3-0. I maybe. see him just sitting him down. I mean, maybe he does that and he says he was injured. I don't know. But and I, that, and, I, and what happened? I don't think he should have sat him tonight anyway. I, I totally agree with you, but I guess what happens tomorrow night is probably going to tell a lot about why he sat tonight. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. No, the Robbie Cano thing, and we're going to talk about football in a bit, and 
and uh, definitely. But we got to finish up with the Yankees. It's the playoffs, for goodness sake. The Robbie Cano thing, I brought this up. Uh, you and I talked about it on the show about five weeks ago. Four or five weeks ago. I think it was four or five episodes ago. Where we talked about Robinson Cano and David Wright are in the same situation. Mm-hmm. They're the same age, 29, going to be 30. Uh, obviously, Cano is a more productive player, plays a little bit more of a premium position, Um and uh, you know, is but they're both premier players. Wright still plays a, a premium position. Third base is still difficult to come by. Um, they're both have an option year for fifteen or sixteen million dollars. That's clearly going to be picked up by the club. Um, yet somehow it was a no-brainer to give Robbie Cano seven years and one hundred and twenty million dollars. And it was, uh, of course, because it's the the Mets. Uh, you don't know if you give him that much and how do you give him that long and you don't know if you uh, can afford it and blah, 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 blah. Two guys in the same exact situation but completely different parameters, both uh, in the way that management's thinking about it and how the fan base is considering it. Like we're so, as Met fans, we're so accustomed to the idea that they may not be able to afford it. We're like, I don't know if I give him six years... Uh, you know, that's a lot of money to be paying at age 37. The Yankee fans are like, are you kidding? What, are you kidding? It's a no-brainer. Who care? I don't care if I'm paying him $25 million a year when he's 37. Even with looking at A-Rod, and they'll have to share on the payroll until 2017. And and CeCe's a on the payroll until till uh, 2017 for big, huge money. They didn't care. So my question to you is, we've heard that the Mets are going to make an overture uh, an opening salvo, if you will, uh, on contract negotiations with David Wright to the tune of uh, you know six years and a hundred million dollars. Do salvos always have to be fired? Yes. <laughs> can they be lobbed? I don't think they can just be made. I think, I think you can lob it. I think you can lob it. Can you lob a salvo? I lobbed an. Oh, can it be a closing salvo? You can. Yeah. It's you always can toss a, one. It's always an opening salvo. That's true. How about your rifle a salvo? That well, that would be some message being sent if you rifle the salvo. <laughs> that means I'm here. I'm I'm here for business. <laughs> but I'm thinking of a number. Still, still my favorite. Still, one day I will do that in my life. The classic negotiating tool <laughs> when you're going in for a salary, you write it down on a piece of paper. I'm thinking of and just slide it across. Slide it across the, the table. Yeah, that is my dream. Um, but they're going to maybe you know offer right $100 million, six years and $100 million, plus the option year of this year. So in other words, pay him the 16 now, and then in 2014, he bumps up to 2022 a year for the next six years. Is it a no-brainer anymore with Cano? No, it can't be. He's 0 for 28 in the playoffs. That's a new that's, record. That's a new record. That's All right, so that's number one, 0 for 28 in the playoffs. Number two... And I, somebody brought this up, so I can't take credit for it. I just I don't know who to give the I'll credit to. I'll not take credit. Don't worry about it. I'm not taking credit, but... I won't say a word. What I read is an excellent point. Is A-Rod's failures a cautionary tale to the Yankees, who are now seeing if they give him an A-Rod contract and then look ahead to when he's 38 years old, are they going to be regretting that? Is this hurting Cano's bargaining position right now, what, what's happening with A-Rod. Not, you know, obviously his failures in the postseason 
is probably hurting his bargaining position. But in addition, is the A-Rod situation having an effect? I think it has to. And I think the other thing that is there is what we were just talking about, which is they are on the hook to A-Rod for five more years. They are on the hook to Teixeira for five more years. They are on the hook to CC Sabathia for five more years. If you make that uh, offer and deal with Cano, you will have four players costing close to $90 million a year in 2015 and 16. Almost, actually, it's $100 million because CC's is like 30. That's without A-Rod maybe getting these home run deals. Okay, which doesn't look like he's going to get. But uh, So you'd have four players equaling $100 million of a payroll that the Yankees supposedly want to get down to $175 million to get on a luxury tax. Now, nobody believes that. But, well, again, now this has to be considered. It's not such a no-brainer, and it never should have been, especially with Teixeira and A-Rod and CC Sabathia. All these guys are cautionary tales. If you give Cano, it's the same thing with Wright. It's not that it's any different, except that Wright is their only player. <laughs> you have to keep Wright. You have to make that deal with Wright, Brian, because you need like eight people in the ballpark next year. Right. So you have to make that deal with Wright. But what? how about this, Brian? What does it say that A-Rod now looks like a a broken player? Okay, what does it say that Teixeira had an off year and was banged up? What does it say that CC Sabathia was hurt twice this year? What does it say that Derek Jeter just broke his ankle? What does it say that Mariano Rivera is out for the year and is going to be rehabbing an injury? Do the Yankees have to sign Cano long term? Is it going to be out of star power in about two years? And I don't, I don't see, and Swisher's going to be off this team. Granderson's coming up, but he has an option year as well. They're not, gonna be out of, they're not going to be out of star power. The, the stars will be there. They will just be aging stars. And what I'm saying is I, I don't see you know the, the, the farm system. I don't see the big studs in the farm system that are going to come up and replace these guys. No, not right now. But they'll go out, but they'll go out and get the free agents then. Yeah, well, you know they what? Have the, they have the ability to do that. I think a lot – first, again, Brian, they're going to have $100 million tied up in four aging players. Yeah, I know. And you know what? At some point, it's not going to be super. It's not going to be going to the Yankees to get your ring. It's not. It's going to be going to the Angels or going to the Giants or going to the. You know what I mean? It's going. It's or going to the Cardinals. My goodness, the Cardinals. I mean, if I didn't hate them so much, I would. <laughs> I would, I would find him. I, I really just dislike so many baseball teams. It's really bad. That's not good. Well, because of the realignment, Bry. I grew up hating the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Braves. Right. Or not even the Braves. I shouldn't even say the Braves. The Braves was once they came over from the West. The Expos, but the Expos. I mean, who did they bother? <laughs> and I never really hated the Expos. I hate the Nats now. Canadian. But I grew. We grew up. We grew up hating the Cubs, the Pirates, and the, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Hating them. Didn't and really then, like the Dodgers then, either. And then they no, no, no. And then they switched divisions on us, and they gave us the Braves and 15 years of dominance. And the Phillies. I never hated the Phillies until five. Until years. recently, right? Yeah, until but I'm just years ago. That's the whole point. It's changed. 
but and hated the Cardinals. It's not that's not like it stopped. Now I hate the Phillies, the Braves, the Nats, the Cardinals, the Dodgers. You know who we you know who we don't like? Strangely, the nope. Rockies. Oh, I dislike the Rockies quite a bit. They're a mouthy little bunch. They are. They <laughs> For for being so bad, I got some mouth on them. Did you ever get the, Did you ever get that one? Some mouth on that guy, <laughs> on that kid. Yep, my mother. My mother. That was a classic of my mother's. My mother, who is a truck driver, by the way, as you well know. My mother and profanity are are merged as one. Uh, and yet, some mouth on that kid. Do you hear him? Mingus, some mouth. So, and to just just to. Tie this up in 2016, which is four years from now. Three. Four four years from now. Four. Okay. Six seasons from now. They will be playing. What? No, four years from now. <laughs> they don't play multiple seasons in a year. I was joking. Oh, I see. Yeah. Twenty uh, twenty one million to Alex Rodriguez. Uh huh. Twenty three million to Mark Teixeira. Do 2015. 2016. But I'm saying you can do 2015, too. No, but my point is I'm going even a year further. Right. When when Rodriguez will be what? In in four years, he'll be 42. 41. 41. Teixeira will be 38. Old. Sabathia will be 36. Chunky. 2016, ready? A-Rod, 21. Teixeira, 23. Cece, 30. <laughs> That's what's on the books right now. And then Cano. Four years from now. Right. And then if you're going to give Cano, say, 25. And then you throw Cano into it. That's but 100, not, but he's, $100 million. Dollars. Yeah, but he's not even on. The, he's not even in there yet. He's not even factored into that. But that's what I was talking about. It's amazing. Uh, I think that's. Uh, I think uh, we're good with the Yankees. I'm we're good. good with the Yankees. We're good with the Yankees. But, but just real quick on all four of the playoff series from last week. And it's a little bit outdated, but I just. I really, you know, as a Met fan, but as a baseball fan, I really was into all four of the league division series last week. Um, all yeah. four series went five games. All five, all four series had a lot of drama it was and intrigue. Yep. The, the Cardinals come back in game five against the Nationals oh, was ridiculous. Delicious. Ridiculous. I mean, the, the Nationals were about, were one strike away a couple of times. Oh, so good. Oh, you know, and we I, we talked last week on the show, Cal, about Strasburg. Yeah. I said it. We said it th- three weeks ago. We said it four weeks ago. Hey, just send a little note to the Nats and say, see 2006 Mets. You're not guaranteed to get there every year. What are you thinking? It's, you know, I... Oh, I hope, so I hope arrogant. They, so I, I hope they, they never get back. I hope they don't get back for ten years. Well, yeah, I really do. I really do. But if ever, if ever, this was a a, a teaching moment for this organization, I get. You know, I don't agree with the with the innings limit on Strasburg. I think it's all a bunch of overblown nonsense, and I don't buy into it. But I get what they're where they were coming from. That's fine. That's fine. I get where you're coming from. But have the foresight to manage it better from April on. Don't just, you know, let him go, let him go. Let him, oh, it's August, and we've got to stick to our convictions, and he shall stop pitching at 160 innings. And if that means that we don't have him for the playoffs, well, then 
you know, so be it. They were looking to be smarter than everybody. It was another case of them knowing better than everybody else and trying to be the smartest guy in the room so that they could take bows if they won the World Series and save Strasburg's arm. I got news for you. He could go out next year and blow his elbow out again. And he missed out on the playoffs now. He's a 21-year-old kid. He doesn't know if he's going to get back. You took this experience away from him for no reason. You know, the kid is sitting there on the bench, not because he's injured, but because you won't let him pitch. Because you're, you're just guaranteed to get back there next year, right? I mean, that's they, the way it works. They, I mean, the, the Mets the Mets with Wright and Reyes in 2006, they were going to the playoffs every year. It was going to start the dynasty. People were talking about who would you rather have on the left side of the infield, Reyes or Wright or A-Rod and Jeter. You said it perfectly. If anybody should know what it's like, it's Davey Johnson. That's right. You said it perfectly. How many World Series were the Mets in, 80, in the 80s supposed to win? How many did they? 87. They were supposed to get injuries happen. Other teams get better. Your team gets worse. Your best pitcher gets addicted to smack. You can't. You can't ever take for granted a trip to the postseason. I don't care if there's two wild cards, 12 wild cards. I don't care if you have the two once-in-a-generation players, all this crap. You can't take it for granted. You've it's done the kid arrogant, and you've and done the kid a disservice. You're right. You've done the kid a disservice, and, you know, who knows in four years when he's up for to be a free agent, he doesn't think, well, you know what? These guys robbed me of a, play, of a chance in the postseason. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that. Yep, they tried to be the smartest guy in the room, yep. and it never works. It nope. never works ever. No, nope. and I, and and I was so happy to see them lose in that fashion. So happy. That's why that that was why I wanted them to lose. And it was in crushing fashion, which is even better for next year. It was in crushing fashion, even better for next year. That was crushing. Just like the Mets in '86 with Carlos or in 2006 with Carlos Beltran taking a call third strike in a game they should win and a team they should win, you know, in a series they should win. Blah 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 blah. They won 97 games. The Cardinals only won 84, whatever it was. Blah 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 blah. And they lost and they haven't been back yet. And guess what? It all fell apart. You think you're going to get that good of a season out of out of uh, uh, Danny Espinosa next year? Huh? Is Tyler Clippard going to be that good next year? How about Gio Gonzalez? Is it, is it proven he's going to go in 21 games again next year? Stupid. Stupid. What was nice about it was that it came complete with a Bryce Harper strikeout in the ninth inning with a, a ball <laughs> five feet over his head. Yep. Which, happy birthday. Today he turns 20. Happy birthday, Bryce Harper. Uh, that's a clown Hall statement, bro. It's a clown statement, Cal. Hall of Famer, Bryce Harper. Well, let's move on to uh, the Jets. Shall we? And the Giants and football, okay? Shall we? And to do so, we have uh, a guy I was hoping we'd hear for from tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. Direct, direct from Indianapolis. Huh. Two, one, two, three, four. Elwood, 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 Elwood. That's how you know you've called the show a couple of times. You get your own theme music. Here he is. Hi, Elwood. Mr. Elwood, no home. He could talk Mets. You changed to football. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Elwood, 
Jeez, time to talk about the Mets, and you switch to football. I tell well, you. you know, you well, can't be perfect surprised. timing. Yes, it was oh. perfect timing. We were I ready to join the Mets talk and the Yankees talk, <laughs> and then you switch to football. What, I mean, uh, in, what's going on? What happened? What happened? Well, I think that the Mets need to pay David Wright whatever it takes to stay. And they will. The Yankees need to uh, pay those aging players because that's why people go to the game. Because you know what you call a really incredible game of baseball with nobody you've ever heard of? Triple A. Or the A's. And they're not going to get these prices. They're not going to have networks fighting to broadcast them no matter the cost. They're not going to be able to afford making stadiums if nobody comes. And nobody's going to come unless they can see their players, the people they love, you know, they want to see A-Rod hit a dinger. They want to see what David Wright's going to, you know, they are worth every cent they're paid. You know who buys uh, jerseys of AAA players? Nobody. You know who buys uh, David Wright's jerseys? Millions of people all over the world, you know. It's a world market with the Internet. And uh, I think the Yankees and the Mets need to wake up and pay these people what they're worth. Because they're stupid. The Mets need to spend some cash. You're the largest city in America. Spend money. Build the team. I mean, the Wilpons are idiots. I mean, idiots. It's like it's like whatever disease the Cubs have, they have. You know? <laughs> Jay I mean, Elwood, that's that's great. Um, and and you bring up a really good point about the Mets oh, spending the Mets money. Irritate me, you yeah. Know, but and, but you know, I, I, what I wanted to ask you about, um, you had said a couple of weeks ago you were going to call us on on this date because it, it just conveniently fell after a, a game between the Colts and the Jets. Oh, did they? I don't. Yeah. So we were we were hoping play? we'd hear from you tonight. <laughs> oh. And one one thing you're you, uh, on the baseball point, and then we have to talk about that Colts Jets game, and we're not well, talking I would about Super Bowl talk three. About the Colts Green Bay game or the Peyton <laughs> we're not, Manning. We're, we're not talking about the uh, the the Super Bowl <laughs> three either. We're talking about this past Sunday. Uh, but the last thing, one thing about that, Owen, and three. it's a huge it's a huge story in New York, um, and that is, you know, the Yankees did not sell out any of those three games. With all their stars and their big universe and cavalcade of stars, it's a huge story here. Yeah, that but... that the Yankees did not sell out playoff games, and but we're not talking why. about by like by like a thousand people. We're talking yeah, about entire I, sections I, were empty. But I can tell you why that is. Well, because apathy. Obviously, football has already started now, and people. I don't think money, so. The money is divided because people don't have the money. To go. I'm I'm up at the same situation. I'm going to have to start figuring out here in a few weeks, do I want to spend my burnable income on a Pacer ticket or a Colts ticket? I mean, my money's going to be diverted two ways, and it's the same way there. Once football gets going, baseball has competition for people's burnable income. I don't you think know. that's it. I don't think I that's think it. it. I, think with the Yankees, football, I think with the Yankees, it's apathy. Baseball, it's apathy. No, it's, it's 16, not happening. It's, it's the freaking years. Yankees. There are people, there are Yankee fans here who save up to go to a Yankee game, game like it's Mecca, and they know? can't afford it. Well, especially well for us, yeah. But you got to understand, any base, pro baseball game where I'm at is expensive because it means going out of state, you know. Yeah. And we're all fans of some other team, and it's you know that's you know. But that's, I get that. I'm saying the Yan- the Yankee fan has been in the playoffs for 16 years. Okay, every yeah. year but one since 1995. Right. It gets commonplace. And 
the people that that's exactly right. And the yeah, people, it gets commonplace. Trust me, say, I know about it. Happened right, that you, way here at football. We had a Super right, Bowl run every year for a decade. Yeah. And, but but with with football, uh, as far as where people are going to spend their burnable income, the the. It's not like the twain are sort of meeting there. It's it's more that over those last three games with the Yankees that the price of the new stadium is so expensive. But that, you got to have it. But that, but that people are saying, you know what, I'm not going to bother. They're in the playoffs every year. I'm not going to go. Right. It's uh, it's, it, but, it is but, apathy because they're still going to the giant, the Jet and Giant game on Sunday. Like they're always yeah. going to do you well, I, mean? I think I don't think people have the burnable income they used to as a whole. No, no, I mean, no, I've no, noticed no, it. Yes. I mean, Certainly. when I go to a game, it used to be if you wore somebody's jersey who wasn't there anymore, you were metal or something, you know. I mean, you've got the new jersey, and I'm noticing more and more when I go to games, it's older jerseys, older hats, the older logo, the older – people are happy with it. And no, just for I the had, record, I don't see anything wrong with it. No, I had Jet season tickets for 19 years, okay? And they priced me and my, you know, we had six tickets for 19 years. Oh, yeah, the, trust and, me. And they, and they priced me out of the stadium. I can't afford a PSL. I'm not pay, I'm not giving them, uh, uh, you know, $24,000 for a PSL. You're out of your mind. No chance. No chance. Yeah, I, I remember when the Pacers built their new stadium, they wanted to get a new stadium so they could have $1,000 seats like New York. You know, they had those $1,000 seats at Knicks games. Yep. Pacers built a new stadium so they could have $1,000 seats. And I thought, oh, gee, you know. But yep. then again, I'm not a, I'm not a company man with a million-dollar contract on the line, and if taking a man to a $1,000 seat helps push the deal through, it's a bargain. I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking $1,000 seats because they're very logical. You know, if you're talking about a, impressing a client for a million-dollar deal, give $4,000 worth of seats. You know, that's peeing in the ocean. So, but I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm just I just get mad at the the Mets could be so much better than they are. I can't stand I don't yeah. granted the only Yankee fans I know are Indianapolis Yankee fans and transplants, you know, but they're annoying. You know. <laughs> so you know, they're right uh, up there with Pats fans and Jets fans on you know Yes. Well I d I don't know how annoying the Jets fans could have oh, been. Well they they don't they, like they were... it because of the bumping off. You know, how many times has the Jets came to Indianapolis to make that Super Bowl run and old Manning shut them down? Go home, but you then know. The go. They, they beat them. Yeah. Yes. Just walk around Indianapolis, saying, "Where do you get a decent pie in this town? Don't you have any good pizza?" And I'm like, "Why do you want to go to a different place than where you are and then eat what you eat there?" Comfort. You? <laughs> you know. <laughs> what, what? What? Seriously though, we 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 all watched the game, all right? We saw Andrew Luck. Uh, I I saw what something. About the, it? it was. A, I was I was extraordinarily impressed with some things that uh, he did. Uh, clearly, the kids. Uh, well, no, no, he, that he, wasn't my Colts playing. I he mean, play. hairspray model play. and Churchy Boy were just out there making them look stupid. And I was like, Jiminy Christmas, this is a second-rate team, and we've got the, we've got the, the best up-and-comers on our team and a few old-timers. I mean, the Vin is the best kicker. I mean, the man can kick in, kick in, kick in. He's in his early 40s and still doing the job. And we got Andrew Luck, one of the hottest upper comers. Reggie Wayne is phenomenal in his prime. I mean, we got yeah, all. Not, I mean, not against Ingram. Antonio Cromartie. He got Heck, he got stuck on Alcrow. Amazing, track. amazing. I mean, the Colts are amazing, and the Jets are lackluster at best. I'm sitting there oh. pounding my head, you know. And I watched the car up there and Rogers. They I mean, they carved them. up Green Bay. But they they, they like blew you out. But they blew you out. 
I mean, they Dude, blew you out. Yeah. They ran for 250 yards. I agree. 250 yards. Sean still running. I think it's that lousy coach. I think they need to give Pagano some some ginseng or something and get him out of that hospital. I Prop think, him up on the. They got electric wheelchairs or so, get that man back. I hate this. I new just coach. think. Uh, I think it's. Uh, they won the week before without him. I think it's. I think it's just a matter of. Yeah, uh, but that team. That team's gone. The Packers. The farther his coaching techniques and legacy diminish. That, you know. kid, that, that, that team is young, Elwood, and it's going to take time for them to it win all that. It needs to get good now. I'm ready to be a football dynasty. That upset me. I mean, to lose to them, it's like, ugh. Uh, and handily, too. I mean, handily. Well, no, I, mean, I wouldn't was, say that. I, I, went, mean, Elwood, I went pumpkin picking in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was easy. It was I easy. wouldn't say that. It was easy. I mean, it was a walk in the Colts park. Did, oh, I wouldn't. No, no, no. Elwood, don't real be a good, don't, real good. Don't feel bad. It's a first place team that you lost to, so that's true. It's not a first place team. They're a band aid team. You know, Perry's still there, God. I mean, Tebow is never. Do you think Tebow's the answer? You know, nobody thinks that. Sanchez Sanchez beat you. Sanchez, he didn't. He beat you. The Colts beat you. Two for two touchdowns. Get 110 quarterback rating. Ooh, please. Tebow and Sanchez <laughs> together are don't equal luck for all talent. Okay. Oh, please. You know. Okay. All right. What, Fair now. enough. He's got a ton of raw talent. It really showed on the two interceptions that were returned for touchdowns and the five sacks. They grabbed face masks. They played shady. The refs were blind. It's the Meadowlands. We're they blind. were a bunch of country bumpkins. They got up. lucky. It, oh, was just, it was a sad Elwood. game to watch. I, I expect more from you. Come on. Well, I'm sorry if you want me to get you're, up here and make up stories and lie, exactly. but that's the way it is. Grabbing a face mask and all this. When my Jeez. team, when my team gets beat, I admit it. Well, I didn't say they won. I said they well, won. When my team gets beat down, I admit it. It wasn't a beat down. A beat down's like sixty nine to zero or something. You know. 30, 35 to 9 is pretty bad. That's, That's not a, pretty yeah. bad at all. No? Good That's grief. Anderson good. University played Franklin here about a week ago, <laughs> and it was 0 to 69. Now that's a beat down. You well, know, the Jets, were, is also. Jets were 5 for 5 in the red zone. And wait, I, I got an even better one. You ready for this stat, Elwood? You're going to love this. Uh, for the first time in the Jets franchise history, they went an entire game. Your team did not have a five yard run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one rush for five yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a jet record. So thanks for that. Jet record. Ooh boy. That's like being the world's tallest midget, making a record on the jet. But look, uh, it's it was a good time. We enjoyed it. Thanks. Now look, guys. Coming down. Now let's get to the real game. Guys, he came here. Hey, hey! Park the jet. Turn off the key. Put it back in the hangar. Give Sanchez's hairspray. I'll come back over here. Now, Peyton Manning was amazing last night. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my gosh. Him and Stokely were a machine. I tell you, this Colts team. Was was Phillip Rivers just awful? The Colts team in Denver is amazing. Stokely and Manning. And Sammy, right. all the Colts that went out there are phenomenal. I said Philip Rivers would look like a chimp. Peyton was just pounding it and screaming it and moving it out. That's the Peyton I remember. Yeah, you we'll know, see. dude, we'll Charlie carved up the Chargers, and he used to have I'm trouble with them. 
But I'm not him cool. and Stokely, oh, dude, that game was awesome. Dude, I went in the attic and got out the old Manning jersey to wear today. Why don't you become a Bronco fan? Because I would never become a Bronco fan. But I, are, you a, are you a Peyton Manning fan or are you a, a Colts I'm fan? not really. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I guess I'm a, sure, I'm a Peyton Manning fan. But of course gone. I am. He's gone. Let it go. And he's not, not gone. <laughs> he's not Jimmy Christmas, guys. He's not dead. I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, that was. No, he, looked, he, looked, he looked fantastic last night. He you looked know, amazing. You I know, know I don't blame don't the Colts for getting rid of him. Because you can't have Peyton and Luck. You can't pay that kind of money to have two people who can't do the same job at the same time if you're not like an upper ash. You know, this is Indianapolis. This isn't Los Angeles or Chicago or that little town up east. But, um, you know, this we're not going to be able to afford him. So I understand why they let Peyton go because Luck's only going to continue to get better over the next decade where by the end of the decade Peyton's going to be done and doing commercials, you know. I don't know how much longer Peyton's going to play. I really have a hard time figuring out when people are done with modern medicine and everything. Yeah. People are playing longer and stronger, although I think because of Peyton's job, you know, where he gets tackled more, I think he's going to have a shorter life than, let's say, a punter or kicker or something, you know. But, um, Likely. I have done way more than I think Peyton will have to really slip and realize he's not getting the job done for him to retire. He's just yeah. he'll keep plugging away till it's over. I know the man. But I tell you, last night he got that Peyton Manning look where he was not going to lose this game. You know, it's like oh, you know, he's gonna it's going to be that Impressive. way next year when the Colts play the Broncos and yeah. it's Luck versus Manning. You know, Manning's not going to back down, and by that time Luck's going to be in the groove and going to want to be able to prove himself. That is going to be a stellar game. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, uh, he's going got, to be good luck. He's definitely going to be oh. good. Well, see, luck will be a year more experienced, and Peyton will be a year older. You know, so it's yeah. going to be interesting because luck's just getting better, better, better. And Peyton's going to go downhill because yep. of age, nothing else. But oh and hey, nothing God. to be nothing to be ashamed of in losing to a Rex Ryan defense. I mean, Brady's done it, Manning's done it. You know, he's beaten beaten many many quarterbacks. So oh yeah, it's good, Peyton, it's good man, for luck. I miss him. But Luck's, Luck's the up-and-comer, really. He's had a few setbacks, you know. But luckily, hey, luckily they play the Browns next. The Browns, yeah. and I think that's going to be it. Because Luck seems to play better in Lucas Oil for some reason. He seems very comfortable. Well, they're a young the, team. Oh, they're a young yeah. team. They play but, well at home. I mean, yeah, they play I don't well call it the Dome, even though it's Lucas Oil Stadium. It's not a yeah. Dome, but I'm just so trained to say the Dome. They but, play They play, They they play. play well think, at home, and they're going to struggle on the road. I mean, that's well, what a young think, team does. The Browns are not that great of a team, and I think Luck it took a lot of pressure for losing to that other team, and I think he's going to be out to win it. And I'm wow, he hoping. can't even say it. He can't even say the team. No. And, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. Well, anyway, you know, we're I have gonna, an awesome we're picture run, of this but... white horse, and he's like <laughs> kicking jets out of the sky. i got to see if I can find that really neat. Yeah, you should see. I, I, I'll send you another picture of Copel sacking uh, Andrew Luck. No, yeah, I, that would be redundant since you've already <laughs> sent me one. <laughs> I did, but it was only in response to the picture. I got a you set picture me. of Mark Sanchez sitting on the ground, scratching his head with a huge banner that says "Colts win" from a game. You know, I'll have to right. send you that. I could send but, you the one from the next year when we beat you. So you no, know, because <laughs> it, that's, well, that won't exist. It does. not picture will not exist. It does exist. All right, no, we're going to run. Enjoy Are you going to run? 
enjoy the uh, the game next week. And uh, really, honestly, thanks for being a good sport and coming on, brother. Oh, I wanted to talk some mess, but we can talk about the airplane crop dust. Jess, no <laughs> Take care, pal. We'll talk to you next week. Go blue. So, Elwood, good sport to come on and do that. Yeah. He, no, that was... He's upset. Well, you know, look, he he he. When when you talk big like that in yeah. the weeks leading up, uh, but he, he it's a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah, I, I I love fans of other teams. It's always, especially football fans, like it's good really, good natured fans of other teams. Yeah, boys, boys, could you have not been gentler? What, we gentler us? What, did did you beat up on Elwood a little bit? I don't know. I couldn't tell. I you thought see, we did a little bit. I I thought we did a little bit, but I think it was I think it was deserved. I mean he, he he's been he talking his I, beat. <laughs> I, he talked quite a bit of smack about the Jets, a team that just beat the crap out of his team. Must we with the crap? Must we? But they All did. right. All right. I just wanted to make sure you weren't being insensitive or or, or you know. Like it's a that. damn rare thing these days for the Jets to beat up anybody. Well, you think we were too hard on him? Well, he's got his own theme music now. I don't think we were too hard on him at all. I don't okay. either. I think I think he was in a little bit of a uh, little bit of a denial stage with yeah. what happened. He didn't want to admit it. Well, let's talk well, about it. let's talk about the Jets and the Giants for a minute. For one minute. <laughs> just, just a minute. Well, no, the Jets the, the Jets uh, had a good win. I'm not back in. I'm I'm not buying. And it, uh, uh, and it occurred to me this weekend, Bri, that I figured out exactly. And Bish, you can stay on the line here because uh, this involves you too. I figured out exactly what it is. It's I. They play the Patriots this week. They're everybody in the division's three and three. I think they're going to get smoked. I really do. I I, I still don't think that. I, I think Sunday was like a mirage. It was a much needed mirage. I was pleased with one thing, Bri. They showed up. Okay, that was that was. Great. I don't take much out of the win, uh, except it's a win. It was a good win, but again, I think it's a mirage. Um, okay. But it's. I got I got annoyed in the pregame because every pregame show was showing Tebow, like warming up, like let's go out to the Meadowlands or whatever MetLife Stadium, and it's a shot of Tebow. And warming up, or it's a shot of Tebow running, or it's a shot, and and it occurred to me that if Tebow, now not him himself, because I have nothing against the kid, I really don't, I really don't. He's done all the right things. He's said all the right things. He's he's tried to be a team player. He's contributed when he's been asked. He you know he hasn't. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but publicly he's been a good uh, teammate. It's the idea of Tebow, the media coverage, what the owner has done, what the front office has done by putting him here, that makes this team and the situation untenable and unwatchable. Or not unwatchable, but not enjoyable. And I would so be pulling for this team if he was not on the team. Exact same situation. Like with so the series and, and, and they would be such a great underdog team right now. And so it got me further annoyed that he's here. They would be such a great underdog story right now. But they wouldn't. They wouldn't as long as Rex Ryan is the coach. I see I don't agree with that. 
I think you can still – I think they still would – for a Jet fan, I'm not talking about for the league. I'm talking about for a Jet fan. You could have gotten behind them now. You could have overlooked all the wreck stuff and just been behind but, them now and been – you know, so they they would be so much more of a likable underdog right now. I think – well, I have another theory. I don't want to steal your thunder on this theory, but I think that – Jet fans can get behind this team, even with Tebow. I think you. I think your issue is is with Tebow. I think not my, the man, not the man, but the, the media situation. coverage. Yes, right. But I, I don't. I don't. I think you might be in the minority because if this team proves to be scrappy, and they somehow beat the Patriots this week, well, then I'll be back in. I mean, I think I think everybody knows that. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with me saying that. No, there's not. You're right. If they come out and beat the Patriots and it's a, uh, an effort like we saw last week where they used Tebow correctly, they had a much better game plan, they were the offense that they were supposed to be, which is uh, a, an excellent ground game, efficient Sanchez, and a sprinkling of Tebow, okay, on third and one at the 12. That's where you use Tebow. You know, when you're running the ball really effectively, that's when you use Tebow on the on the you know the way they used him in the Wildcat on the handoff that picked up 25 yards. Okay, to on the fake punt, that's how you use Tebow, right? For the third week in a row. And and by the way, anybody who's like, oh, that that'll only work for so long, everybody does realize they've run three different fake punts now, right? Like Westhoff could drop a new fake punt every week. Like this is like a party for Westoff. They could right. literally fake punt every week. They, they could. I mean, that's one of the hugely advantageous things about having him as the personal punt protector. They can run. They've run three different fakes. It's not like, oh, how could the Colts not be prepared for that? Because they've never seen it. They didn't see that play. And the other thing is that it'll eventually get regular defenses on the field for punt cover or for punt return, which is going to hurt the punt return team. So uh, that's working. That is working. Really, really well. But if they do that, Cal, of course I'm going to be back in. Of course I'll be back in. But still never full because the front office and Woody Johnson did this to me. And I'm taking it very personally. (laughs) Clearly. Tom, this is business, and this man is taking it very personal. I I want you also to touch on on your point about why – Mark Sanchez might be in a better position than he was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, you like that one? I like that a lot because be- I'm a big believer in that. Well, you first of all, let's just say how you feel about San Antonio Holmes, and it's not good. I hate him. Never been a fan. <laughs> I would never. I I would never wish injury upon a player. I don't think. That was a very dramatic. That was a pregnant pause. We used to call. It, I got to think in the I, acting biz. We used to call that a pregnant pause. Because I have to think about this. You could drive a truck through that pause. I didn't wish injury upon Santonio Holmes, but I did say before he got hurt. If he were to suffer a season-ending injury, it wouldn't upset me. So you'll celebrate an injury, <laughs> that, but you won't do the wishing. I yeah I don't. You've got don't balloons to... in in the background. It's very selfish of me. I don't want to be the reason. I don't want to have anything to do with it. But if it were to happen, you know, you're getting t-shirts made. Why not? <laughs> Look, 
and you have, a, you have a Facebook page dedicated. Hey, we're having to a block it. party next week. He tore his ACL. With one like. <laughs> all, all I said was, uh, losing Revis is devastating, and it will continue to be devastating for the whole year. As well as Cromartie plays, it will still continue to be devastating for the whole year. Losing Santonio San Holmes might not be the worst thing that ever happened to Mark Sanchez. And see Eli Manning circa 2007. Eli Manning losing Jeremy Shockey in, in 2007. Jeremy Shockey goes down with a season-ending injury, and all of a sudden Eli Manning comes to life, doesn't have a diva uh, receiver that he needs to feed the ball to. Uh, that was one of my examples. The, the other the other just reasoning is, and, and it's funny, Boomer and Carton, Boomer Sison said this this morning. Because this, you know, sort of became uh, in the papers or whatever. We and, and this is not a break our arm, patting ourselves on the back. We've been talking about it for a couple of days. Um, that uh, a mercurial, you know, sort of borderline number one wide receiver, uh, you know, not being there anymore and having to get the ball, uh, being forced the ball by Sanchez. He clearly has a bad relationship with Sanchez. I mean, they they may have patched things up or whatever, but they have not had chemistry. Did. And they've not had chemistry in two years. And I'm not sure that you can have chemistry with San Antonio Holmes. Um, and, and I don't know. I'm not in the clubhouse. He doesn't – look, I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of guy he is. He did charity work this year for the, for the soldiers and stuff like that. Maybe he's not a terrible guy, but he's certainly mercurial. It, comes, and, it goes back to my favorite. Perception is reality, and my perception of him is that he's not a good guy. So he, that becomes my reality based on what I know. He seems to be a selfish player. At at, right. at 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 best, we can say he's a selfish player. Right, and he might not be, but but this is this is what we see, and this is what we know, and this is what becomes our reality. He may not be a selfish person. He may he be, be. He may be a very giving person. He seems to be a, a sort of selfish player. Um, to not have the shrugging of the shoulders and the shaking of the head and the the awful body language when there's a misread or a bad throw or they're not on the same page and Sanchez throws it to one spot and Holmes runs a different route. Or giving the ball to the other team when he gets hurt. Well, yeah, but uh, that's the worst example. But I'm just talking about things we've seen over the last two years that are really difficult for the team, not just Mark Sanchez. It's not about a, a matter of Mark Sanchez being thin-skinned, but Mark Sanchez has struggled at times and – you want the receiver, his number one guy, especially to help him out, not to shake his head when it's a bad pass right. on the field. So a lot of showing up. And then the other thing that Boomer Sison brought up that we talked about too, not having that guy in meetings, in the offensive meetings, in the game planning meetings, in the, in the, in the practice field. Now, supposedly Santonio San Holmes, some weeks he was the best practice player that ever lived and teaching guys how to play and, and you know, uh, uh, working with the young wide receivers other weeks, eh, not so much. <laughs> Maybe the game plan's not about me this week, so you know what? I'm not really going to practice that. I mean, we we heard it the week after the Miami game, right, when he had the nine catches for 147, and he and Sanchez seemed to be on the same page. Sanchez made a point of saying he had a great week of practice, and I told Tone, you have to do this every week. Now, what does that tell you? That tells you that he doesn't do that every week. Right. <laughs> So, again, all of this out of the equation, now you have – and, and the, the other key to this is uh, Hill being healthy, Stephen Hill being healthy. Maybe Jason Hill is a player. Uh, he looks to have uh, some decent moves. 
looks to get some decent separation. Um, uh, and, and Chaz Schillings stepping up huge, and Dustin Keller being healthy. I mean, these are all huge in this equation of marks. But I think I would not be surprised if this benefits Mark Sanchez in the long run because he doesn't have a guy he has to feed the ball to. He can spread the ball around. I think he's developing a really nice chemistry with Schillings. I really do. I think Schillings can play, Cal. He comes back to the ball. He catches the ball away from his body. He doesn't give up on routes. He's got real good speed and real good size. And the knock on this guy has always been that he can't stay healthy, right? So if you can get him on the practice field and get him in some sort of sync with Sanchez, like he said this week, Bri, Sanchez said this week, it's awfully nice to have a week where you know who's supposed to be in on what play. Again, it was like another little subtle dig at like just – Tannenbaum, but also the idea that like they're, they're if you can give him some sort of compliment, he can work together. You know, he can work with them. Um, I think in the long run it might help. I, I really do because it's clear he has no he had no chemistry with Holmes, none, or at least it came and it went. It was so hugely inconsistent, and Mark Sanchez is inconsistent enough, right? Well, in his relationships apparently too with his yeah. with his team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I tell you, getting Keller back was huge too. Getting Keller back was well. I mean, you had a you had a professional tight end. Finally, you haven't had that all season. You also have a tight end that draws coverage from a safety or you know a strong safety or at least the fastest linebacker that you have. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know Cumberland doesn't do that, so it should open some things up. If <laughs> you ready for my favorite one, Mark Sanchez has not progressed as much as he should in his fourth year. But to say that it has nothing to do with the talent surrounding him is ridiculous. And here's my here's my reason. You ready? Yeah. Uh, who was the number one quarterback taken overall? Was Matthew Stafford, right? The year that Sanchez was drafted. Yes. Uh, and he's got some pretty good talent around him. He's got Calvin Johnson, who is maybe the best receiver in the NFL. Well, really, you could you could stop there. He's got talent too, but he's got right. Calvin Johnson. He's got and he's got Pettigrew, who's a, who's a real good burgeoning tight end. They've tried to get him some talent on offense. Um, and then who was second? It was Matt Ryan, wasn't it? Second quarterback taken that year. I think the second pick was Matt Ryan. No, the second pick was Jason Smith. Jason Smith. The third pick maybe was Matt Ryan. I thought Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, Flacco, Stafford, and Sanchez are all the same year. Uh, I I thought Flacco was a year before, but we well, maybe Flacco and Ryan are the year before. Anyway, we'll figure uh, that out. Look at uh, Matt Ryan's talent. Just 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 tell me who Matt Ryan has playing around him right now. Matt in, Ryan has in year four or whatever he's in year four or five. Never won a playoff game, by the way. Never won a playoff game. Uh, in in that time, Sanchez is four and two with a hundred and one quarterback. <laughs> um, but. Uh, who who's Matt Ryan throwing the ball to this year? He's got he's got some talent. Roddy White. Jones, Roddy White, Tony Gonzalez, Tony Gonzalez. His running backs are Michael Turner and Jacques Rogers. Yeah. Has Mark Sanchez ever stepped foot on the field with that much talent on offense? Mark Sanchez stepped foot on the field with Braylon Edwards, Santonio Holmes, Dustin Keller. Jericho Cotri. Jericho Cotri, uh Ladanian Tomlinson. That's probably his best uh his best and, his best look. 
Well, and then and and look at the success they had that year. In year two, they were eleven and five, and they went to the uh, AFC Championship game. Right, that was their best. That was his best year. That was their best year. Yep. And it's not coincidental that the personnel was the best that they had on offense. Yep. How do you Easy think point. Mark Sanchez does with Julio Jones, Roddy White, Tony Gonzalez, Michael Turner, and uh, Jacquez Rogers? He probably does okay. He probably does all right. The other I'm thing not, is, I, I'm not saying he's Matt Ryan. But the other guy he gets compared to is Alex Smith. You know what? That's that brings us to the Giants real quick. It's a great comparison because neither guy can play from behind. Right. <laughs> I'd actually, I, I gotta be honest with you, Cal. I'd take Sanchez behind two scores. I really would. I really would. I mean, neither guy, both guys stink in that position. But at least Sanchez has brought his team back once or twice. Yeah, Alex, you, Smith, would, Alex Smith has done it once in his entire career. It was against New Orleans in the playoffs. Yeah. Would you have would you have to take Sanchez with with San Francisco's personnel though? You're I not going to take the Jet personnel. I would take it with I would take it. Yeah, I guess I guess so. The fact that I would take Sanchez, uh, yeah, no, I, you're right. San Francisco's personnel or receiving core and Frank. Right, you can't you can't take the Jet personnel in that equation. You can't take the Jet personnel anywhere. No, you cannot take them anywhere. They're like Tokamata. You can't, you can't like the embarrassing yeah. part of your family. You, I, we can't take you there. I mean, <laughs> That's exactly what they are. They are the, they're, they're the embarrassing cousin. I can't. I'm sorry. Hey, you know, tuck your shirt in. Wipe your mouth, please. I am so sorry he's here. My bad. You uh, got to know this is uh, not me. Uh, this is not us. He's just with us. I know. We were having a bachelor party and stuff. My bad. I just... I thought he'd be cool. I thought it'd be okay. I know. I know. He's drinking. I know. I should have known better. <laughs> yes, he's a racist. I what am I gonna? I know, I know. He just jumped in the car. I he, I was already I was on the way here and yeah, I know. I shouldn't bring the Jets offense anywhere. I know. Now they've had a couple of drinks. <laughs> They're throwing interceptions all over the place, running bad routes. I know. They're like gremlins. Uh, the Giants are the best team in the NFL. And scene. He's not. He's, he's hard to argue. Hard me, uh, to somebody, argue. I, I am. I am so impressed with that team. I really am. Mm-hmm. I. I it just every time they need to answer the call, or, or or there, there's a question mark about. And you know what I love this week? You know the Forty ers with the the fans and the players with the ultimate losers lament. About being lucky and a fumbled punt, and we right. beat ourselves in the NFC Championship game last year. Which, by the way, the Giants were not lucky. Okay, did they get breaks? Of course they did. Good teams capitalize on those breaks. It was not a fumble in the end zone. It was a fumble at the whatever the thirty yard line. The Giants still had to score. Forty Nine ers could have stopped them. They didn't. Okay, so you, you, yeah, do you get breaks? Sure, everybody gets breaks. Great teams capitalize on them. And I said it at the time. We said it at the time, Bry. If that was the Jets last year, they get that they get that fumble on the punt. They need to score there to tie the game, and they probably fumble the next snap. Right. Good teams capitalize on mistakes. So San Francisco with the losers lament, and then, uh, wow, they, th- that game could have been forty-two to three. I mean, yeah, the Giants. The Giants went two to two, two for six in the red zone. Right. That game could have been easily forty-two to three. Could have been uh, a ridiculous game. Oh, we have a Yankee update here, Cal. 
We sure do. Are you seeing this? I watched it. Eduardo Nunez. Nooney. With a solo home run off of Verlander to lead off the ninth inning. It's 2-1. to one. On his on Verlander's 124th pitch of the game. Well, they don't have a closer. They, I, what I are they going to do? Gonna say, they don't have a closer. What are they going to do? And but, now uh, it's the top of the... I think that was the only, what, the third hit that Verlander gave up? Yeah, it was the only hit other than uh, each or two hits. Yeah. So I mean, now we got a game. Now you got the top of the order. You got Gordy. Now you need a, a home, sudden, now, now you need a home run here. Do you not pinch hit someone here? For Gardner? Yeah. Who are you going to pinch hit? Uh, I guess you just hope Gardner gets on base and steals. Who are you going to pinch hit? Are you going to pinch hit A-Rod? Swisher. Uh, if, if, if he brings in Phil Coke here. Well, obviously, then you, we bring in, you would bring in A-Rod. You bring in A-Rod, right? You'd have to, but right now, Verlander's staying in this game. Wow, he's still throwing. He's still throwing 100 miles an hour. I know he's a ridiculous. Well, he's he's at 125 pitches, 81 strikes, and 44 balls. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's a. I want my Verlander, Cal. Where's the Mets Verlander? I when don't do, know. When do we get one? Uh, they don't deserve one because uh, they're the Mets. He's so good. Is Matt Harvey going to be my Verlander someday? No, 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 no. He's not. Okay. Never going to be that good. Can he be good? At least. He can be, oh, he can be good. He's not going to be for. I mean, no. The I, Mets don't deserve a Verlander. The Wilpons don't deserve a Verlander. They don't. You know. I agree with that. You're being facetious, and I totally agree with that. The Mets fans deserve one. Yes, but they'll never get Wilpons one. Don't. You're being for what? Facetious. <laughs> I'll tell you for why. Um, so the last thing on the Giants: big game against the Redskins. Interesting game because of RG3, uh, who uh, was, wow. Glad we sat him, by the way. Good job, everybody. Yeah, that 70-yard you know, that, that run wouldn't have helped. No. And we, lo- we lost by the difference of sitting him, by the way. Right. Of course. Of course we did. Well, I mean, we didn't sit him for Kevin Cobb. We sat him for Matthew Stafford. We're, of course, referring to the fantasy team we are running in the TurnOnTheJets.com league. Yeah, running uh, is very loosely. Uh, that's uh, one in five. <laughs> one in five we slipped to. Not good. One in five. And you know who's who's also one in five? Who's that? Joe Cap. <laughs> Joe Cap Alorza. There he is. Runs uh, com. Check out Turn on the Jets, by the way. Their coverage uh, through all this insanity has been so good. It's so grounded, good. which is which is nice. It's it, He changed the uh, slogan. Did you see that? No. What did he change it to? On a mission to civilize Jets talk. Okay. He took the, the newsroom slogan. From ground and pound, because before last week, they were neither grounding nor pounding. <laughs> I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. Uh, the Jets are neither grounding nor pounding. Uh, so, a really big game for the Giants. I think that's going to be super interesting. Uh, as of last night, because of the Bronco comeback... And the sports guy was talking about this on, on uh, the BS report with Cousin Sal uh, yesterday. There are only two teams above 500 in the AFC. That's right. The Ravens and the... And the Texans. Texans. Everybody else is 500 or worse. Unbelievable. The entire, the entire AFC East is 500. If that's not parody, I don't know what is. Oh, it's parody, Doctor. It's, now, uh, yeah. before we bring the Bishop back for a little fun load action... 
One last thing on the Jets. They, of course, have a huge game against the Patriots. Uh, I'll be watching this week. I won't be pumpkin picking, uh, which I, I watched half the Colts game, listened to the third quarter in the car uh, for the most part, and then uh, was just on the phone. You went back and watched the whole thing, though, right? I did. Okay. I did. Sunday night, uh, I cracked a beer and watched the second half. Just to nice. just to break down film and, and sort of take a look at it. Right. Uh, this Sunday, I'll be back live, I think. I think I'll be watching back live. I think this is one that... that... Yeah, well, let's see if they get me back. Let's see if they can uh, have responsible use of Tebow. But, I have to ask you, how did you feel about Rex Ryan's bluster? His bluster. I don't... Because Apparently, yesterday, he guaranteed they were going to win, even though he didn't. I, I, I have to ask you, did you see the, the newspaper articles? I saw the newspaper articles. I heard the audio quote. He said, I think we're going to beat them. And they think, they, and they think the same thing. They think we're going to beat us. All I'm saying is we're going to go up there and they're going to get our best shot. Right. He didn't say we're going to go up there and beat them. Did not say it. He did not say that, although that's what it seemed like. Well, that's That's how it's framed. That's what they would have you believe. Look, Steve, I've said it before. I will say it again. I don't like it. It's annoying. Your preference would be he doesn't say anything. His, he doesn't have to say anything. His bluster is annoying. That being said, he's Rex Ryan. He's not going to change. And as long as he's here, we're going to have to deal with it. You know? Could, could they have least, at least quoted him accurately? No. no. I mean, that's, but that, that's what gets me, Bri. I, we'd all like him to not say it. But what they print, what they printed today and what they ran with was a fabrication it was I mean, an embellishment. It wasn't a fabrication. It was a fabrication. He did not say, I think, he didn't say, we're going to win. No, but they, they, didn't, they didn't lie about it. It was in response to a question of, why do you tweak the Patriots? You seem to like to tweak the Patriots. Well, I just want them to know that I think we're going to win. Okay. That is not saying, we're going to go up there on Sunday and win. And he said, he said, I mean, you know, just just get it right. Don't just embellish for the sake of, uh, of of embellishment. Because last week, Bri, they were screaming and yelling for old Rex. He's got to oh, be yeah. old. He's got to be old oh, Rex again. And this, 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 this doesn't work. And blah 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 blah. And then the minute he says something uh, that's remotely, you know, uh, quotable, but it's not what he's saying. It, he's the old Rex. Oh, the old Rex was back. We're going to win. No, it's not what he said. not what he said. I just ask for accuracy. That's all. Look, I would, I, would, and, uh, I would prefer he doesn't say anything either. I'm really just so tired of it. But he's not going to change. He's so. not gonna, he has changed, and this is the most he's going to change. He, he can't. He can't help. We said it before. He can't help himself. In certain Fine, situations, you know he can't help himself. You know, we, what we'd love for him to do is say, "I'm not tweaking anybody," but he's not going to do that. Right. Okay. So, 
you know, just get it right. Just be accurate. You know, and and Belichick said the same thing. Belichick was like, well, you know, we, we, I mean, Rex said, I think we're, I, I think we're going to win every game. Right. That's just, uh, I mean, I'm not going up there to lose. And Belichick was like, yeah, well, we're not going to play to lose either. But I mean, but uh, you know what was a more inflammatory comment this week, or should have been? What's that? Was Tom Coughlin saying, I don't know how we lost to the Redskins twice last year. <laughs> yeah. That one really uh like that's that's hugely insulting. <laughs> hey, you know, Tom, how'd you lose to the Redskins twice? You know what? I don't know. Darn if I know. Because we were much better than them. That's insulting. That should have been the inflammatory comment of the week. Alright, I'm done. I'm sorry. I just Are you uh, done? Did you get that off your chest? I did get that off my chest. Did I come up? Was I too Evan Roberts there? Was I too? And let me tell you another thing. No. I feel feel like I was a little, let me tell you another thing. I'm sorry if I was. It's fine. I don't mean to be so uh, angry, Sam Pete. But this makes you angry. This is, and you're, you're very consistent about this. This is always, the coverage of Rex Ryan has always made you angry. It, it, It shouldn't, right? It shouldn't make me angry. It, it, it does frustrate me. It does frustrate me. And this but is from a guy who said two weeks ago that I want to see them go 3-13, and 13, you know, or potentially go 3-13 and 13 and fire everybody because I'm tired of having to defend Rex Ryan. It's really the, co- it's really the coverage of the entire team, though. It's not just yes. of, of Rex. Yes, it's symptomatic of a larger problem. And speaking of larger problems and symptoms, hey, let's bring the bishop back. Nice. We're bringing bishop back. You're such a what? jerk. No. You're such a jerk. Why do you got to do it? Wait for it. Wait for it. He's just not going to be happy until he ruins the song for me. He's ruined it. Yeah, he can't ruin. He can't ruin the song. He's still holding it. My wife walked down the aisle to this song. And can she you... was a vision. Can you stop? <laughs> nice fade on that, by the way. That was an excellent fade. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. Design. Who's your audio guy? She uh, she actually walked uh, down the aisle to a live version of that from our friend Neil Cavanaugh. A genius. Yes, a musical genius who. A, uh, a, a, a real musical genius. If you uh, if you want to check out folks at home, if you want to go check out a really great uh, album, go check out Neil Cavanaugh's album. You can Google Neil Cavanaugh. Short Flight to a Distant Star, right? Short Flight to a Distant Star. It's a really, really nice album. It's from a couple of years ago. Neil's a great guy, and uh, he played at my wedding. He, was nice he does not play. stink. Not at all. He does not. Actually, he played Hallelujah, I think, for the for the groom's people. I was drunk, so I don't even know. You it were fine. Like, <laughs> it, it was like going to a Neil Cavanaugh concert, and there just happened to be a wedding there. And a wedding right. broke out? <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that what you said the next day? I went to a Neil Cavanaugh concert last night, yeah. and, a wedding, and a wedding broke but out. You'll never guess right. what happened at the Neil Cavanaugh concert. So a wedding. An actual <laughs> wedding was officiated. It was unbelievable. He took a break between sets, and there was a cocktail hour. I don't know what happened. <laughs> they had a DJ for the break. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> so disappointing. <laughs> What's he done? Damn. 
Uh, we're about to lose the live feed, so uh, go to www.rtusports.com uh, to download the podcast or uh, Blog Talk Radio. You can get it there. Uh, thanks to Blue Haven, uh, again, our sponsors for this show. And uh, we're going to do the fun load, so check it out tomorrow because uh, we may even break off the fun load nice. Break me off a little fun load action. Um, but uh, And thanks to Elwood for calling us and being a really good sport and stuff. And, uh, of course, we wish his cult well. And uh, for those of you who are on live, we will be back next week with another episode, number 3.41. Uh, now, on to the fun load. Here it comes now, coming up live. Calvin's making the draw-it-out motion. <laughs> you still you still have 60 seconds, Mr. President. <laughs> Thousand points of light. Stay the course. Thousand points of light. Stay the course. <laughs> Fifteen uh. seconds, Mr. President. <laughs> I, I, and then, of course, Lovitz's greatest line of all time. I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, check out the debate. Hey, I got, okay. I got a, a, I got a trivia question for you. Saturday Night Live related. Nice. And you may have heard it because it came up on one of the many podcasts that we both experience. Okay. What three Emmy-winning writers of SNL came up with one of your favorites, The Grumpy Old Man? You know Danny Carvey's Grumpy Old Man. In my day. Of course. One of my favorite characters ever. We didn't have no fancy... Flame retardant pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> you went to bed and you caught fire and you were rolling around on the ground. And you said, oh, no, I'm on fire. And you liked it. You loved it. Oh, that's tremendous. Um, three Emmy Award winning writers came up with Grumpy Old Man. Yeah, it was. It was well, Dan- Dana Carvey's got to be one of them. He's not. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> And the show came to a halt. Uh, they, uh, is uh, is Al Franken one of them? He's not. Is the late Tom Davis one of them? <laughs> he is not. Louis C.K. Oh, good ballpark, but no. Never a writer on SNL, by the way. Writer on Chris Rock. Never a writer on SNL. Um, Are you sure? Yes. Uh, Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien uh, is one. Uh, excellent. By the way, the Yankees uh, have a little something cooking here, Cal. Uh, they sure do. Two outs to share a singles, to no singles, and now you have first and second, two outs, two to one Detroit, uh, and uh, Phil Coke not getting the job done. No, and it's pouring, by the way. Oh, is it pouring there? It's pouring. pouring? What you gotta bring home for poor. <laughs> you gotta bring in Valverde here, right, Cal? No, he's not, it's Benoit. If he's gonna go to anybody, it's Benoit. Oh, he's, okay, he's got Benoit. Uh, up. Okay, um, that's and who's uh, who's up? Raul. Uh, this would Guess be Ibanez. Guess who? So you're Raul. not gonna bring in. Gonna be Coke. Mister Drama himself. Coke is gonna try to get him. Mister October. Raul Ibanez steps to the plate with a chance to give the Yankees the lead. 
in the wow. ninth, Mr. Verlander pitches a gem. What a, what a stunning turnaround this would be. What a stunning turnaround. Stunning. Uh, a future this, politics co-host, Brian Stevens, is probably sitting on the edge of his couch right now. He probably is. Big Yankee fan. Big Yankee fan. Raspy Brian Stevens. Uh, <laughs> you can't. You got to stop calling him Raspy Brian Stevens. I'm telling is, you right though. now. Cal, He's going to hit his, you with his car. Where do you hear his voice on the RTU Politics Podcast? Is it Raspy? Yeah. What are you guys doing? Boy. Forget Scott, Muni, Scott Muni Raspy <laughs> or Krusty Raspy? No, Brian has a tone of perpetual exasperation. Those are my only two rasps, by the way. <laughs> That's all I have. So you got? I got Muni and I got Krusty. Those are my two rasps. That's my range. Well, and Brian's got a, a, a tremendous uh, Staten Island accent also. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, it's thick. We're going to lose the entire Midwest the minute they come on, Cal. Oh, well. That's <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk Yankees. <laughs> Shut up. We're going to talk politics. Shut up. <laughs> then, then we're going to go see Sister Shakedown. <laughs> the other two writers, Conan O'Brien... Yeah, Robert Smigel. Robert Smigel. I was going to say him. Can, can you can, you want to, you want to try the third? You you wow. love him. You love him. You got to go to. That's probably around 1988, 89 maybe. Grumpy old man. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Now what do you got? Cal, you got to get. Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. You know what that makes. Leave it. That makes a ton of sense. Right? Too. When you start to do the grumpy old man voice, you don't you start hearing Bob Odenkirk now? Yep. <laughs> Many a time on Mr. Show, he did that character. <laughs> Leave me alone! It's so funny. I, I just happened to be in you know down the rabbit hole of YouTube last night, and I found myself on a skit from Mr. Show, and I don't know if you guys ever saw this one, about the uh, the intervention. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, it, oh, yeah. it was brilliant. Oh, it just it, blew my mind. It, it, a lot of their stuff did. Brilliant. Where do you put? Let's if we're gonna rank, and this we're gonna we're gonna put we're gonna put uh, sketch shows all time. Okay. So if we're, if we're gonna put together an all time, let's put the, what are we putting together? An all star team, a hall of fame. What are we doing? Shows or or actors on the shows? I think uh, you got to do shows. I got. I think you got to do shows first. Okay. I think you got to do shows first, and then you could do actors, right? Yeah, we got to do shows first. But are we calling it a Hall of Fame, or are we calling it like a top five? Should we top do top five pantheon? The pantheon. Okay, so the top five sketch shows of all time. You can wow. put five of them in. You only get five. Uh, is five too many? Five's no, too little. Because yeah, because there's been like a hundred of them. Okay. Let's put it now, this way: if, if you're trying to get into UCB, and they say yeah, you right. you can't even drop off an application until you you've gotten these DVDs and you've watched these guys, who are those guys? Wow. Okay. So there's our there's our qualif- there's our there's our pantheon qualifications. All right, I like it. Now let's Sorry, come man. up with. Are we coming up with a cumulative top five? Let's come up with a cumulative top five. We're talking about people now, right? We're not talking about shows. 
I'm, no, thinking, it, I'm, I'm thinking it as, as like act, active sketch troops. Yeah, like uh, I'm, okay. I'm thinking shows. Right, because you can't say the groundlings because they don't have a show. Right. Right. That's right. That's right. Or Second City, they don't have a show. That's just a Well, trip. they did. They had SCTV. Well, they, they did, but I'm just saying. Let's do cumulative. Okay. Let's do cumulative uh, because we don't have time to do 15 shows. Okay, so show number – I'm throwing Saturday Night Live there. It's got to – obviously. has to be. I mean, obviously. we all agree on that, right? Right. Can we just PJ? all agree and just go with SNL and get that out of the way? PJ, did we lose you there? He's being difficult. No, no, Did you want to eliminate Saturday Night Live or just take it as written? No, they're in. Oh, okay. They're, they're num- they're, they're, they got to be number one. In I thought you were like going to set aside Saturday Night Live. Yeah, like if it, like when you do Wheel of Fortune and the R S T right. L and N are all already in. That's, that's right. They're the letter E. If you get it, everyone wants E. So let's okay. do that. Let's put Saturday Night Live in and come yeah. up with five other ones. Oh, I like what you've done. They're grandfathered in. That's right. Okay. Yeah, they, that's, yes. Um, all right. I'm going to throw out Mr. Show. I, I think it's got to be in the conversation. I second that. Absolutely. They had everything. They had it all. I mean, they had brilliant. They had writers. it all. They had. They they were, were sort of redefining the genre a little bit, um, as as far as how the sketches were done between the live stuff that they did in front of an audience and the tape stuff and musical numbers, musical numbers merging stuff together. You had women that were funny. Yep. Oh, <laughs> wow. Hard to find. You just hit on a huge, huge qualifier. They had women um, that that could make you laugh. Yep. And look at the people on that show. I mean, that's another thing that we have to consider for the Pantheon, right? Like, who comes out of that show? And oh, you had, uh, you know, be- besides Oda Kirk and Cross, you had, you know, Tom Kenny and 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 you know Paul F. Tompkins. Came Paul F. Tompkins show. on that show. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what's it? Brian Posehn on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, J- Jack Black. Goes on that show. Tenacious D goes on that show. The tremendous, tremendous amount of people on that show. So I'm putting them in. Are we? Are we all in agreement there? I think so. Absolutely. Okay. I'm and, gonna make. Go ahead. And their stuff remains drop dead funny. Another qualification. Right. You can watch it now. Ten years later. Yeah. Ten years later. Like you just said, Cal. You watched the sketch the other day, and you're and you're cracking up. You know, they they also have classic sketches. They yeah. they have you know you have to have at least like five sketches to me that are like, like the uh, you know the, the heavy metal band when they go to see the kid in the hospital. Titanica. Titanica, and they pull back the oh my god the burn What's victim. The they pull back the sheet on the on Dave Cross as the burn victim, and they put the little collar. Yay! He's a French fry, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Right, or the one collar around his neck, <laughs> studded collar. Yeah, you can wear it as a belt. It's really cool. Yay! Uh, <laughs> or the one where he tried to do the live call-in show that was taped. Oh my God, that is mind-bending. That Tremendous. is so funny. It's it's just so smart, you know. Yep. Third wheel is one of my favorites. He was a third the uh, with the song and everything they keep singing third wheel. Yeah, their stuff was really smart and their characters were really deep. Yep. 
I think tonight, that was an, an Odenkirk uh, influence. Tonight, we blow up the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Okay. I'm voting for uh, SCTV here. Uh, which I I watched a lot as, a, as you know, obviously in reruns. I wasn't watching it when it was on. But, uh, I mean, just tremendous. Right. And every, everybody that comes out of it is it's it's on par with Saturday Night Live. It's got to be. Yeah, and they, they did it absolutely is. They did taped bits, I think, better than than SNL did up until about SNL probably into like 1983. That's when SNL started to really take off with their with their pre-recorded bits. Yep, that's a good call too. And you had Martin Short and. You know John Candy and Joe Flaherty and uh, again funny women tremendous Catherine O'Hara Andrea Martin I mean gee whiz that's that's just a Rick Moranis Eugene Levy Eugene Levy that was a really scary story (laughs) Joe Flaherty I loved uh, Candy's uh, Mayor Tommy Shanks I just always (laughs) killed me hi folks. I'm Mayor Tommy Shanks. <laughs> and you had, you know, Bob and Doug, you had classic characters. You had Bob and Doug McKenzie. You had, you know, Martin Short used to do Jackie Rogers Jr. on that show. You did um, Ed Grimley on that show, Ed, too. Ed Grimley on that show. I mean, just tremendous. Tremendous. So, no-brainer. Okay, that's two. Now it gets dicey. All right, I'll give you, I'll give you one. Yes. Kids in the Hall. I'll give them a runner-up. I'd give them – they're on the steps of the Pantheon, but they haven't gotten in. So you don't want to put them in? Well, can we kids, wait to see what else kids, we have? Yeah, you got to see who else you have because Kids in the Hall got, was very repetitive. It was. Uh, you know, great, I, I'm uh, not sure they it, had the five seasons in them that they did. Right. <laughs> the, the doctor, the Dr. Ray Stad, our buddy Evan, always had a great – uh, sort of theory or qualifier with kids in the hall when it came to sketch, and that was they were usually five sketches in a show. Two were tremendous. One was okay, and two were really bad. Mm-hmm. That was so. And now I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it's a pretty good generalization. I sort of found that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two two sketches I loved. One was good, and then two were like, come on. Like two were awful, but Cal, you have all the qualifications. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to put it there. Well, if we're not okay, let's let's put them on the side for now, and then let's see where you guys stand on the state. I can't do it. Not enough material. I, th- I think, I think the state was. I mean, they were like lightning. They were like yeah. six, six episodes of oh my god, what is this? And then they were, where were they? They were gone. I, I too much, I thought. I want to dip my balls in it. There you go. That's it. And I you know it was that too much with the twelve, thirteen cast members. Yes. Well, they were they were NYU. You know, I mean, a lot of people have come out of that. Sure. Yeah, I know. A lot. You know, Tom Lennon and and Ken Marino, and Michael Ian Black, and Steve yeah. Wayne. They, the and the great story about I want to dip my balls in it was. They were told by like MTV that they needed to come up with like a catchphrase or do something. Like it was, it was a total like snubbing your nose at MTV. Like this right. is how this is how stupid what you're asking us to do is. Right. <laughs> corporate we're, suits. 
We're going to make our catchphrase, I want to dip my balls in it. Oh, say it, say it, say it, say it, say the catchphrase. You think he'll say it? How about uh, uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus? Yeah, well, yeah obviously. Obviously got to be in. Hey, I know some people who hate them. But you know what? But love or hate, you got. They're like uh, Derek Jeter. I mean, like love or hate, you got to respect them. You gotta respect them. You gotta respect. I I personally love them, but you have to. If you hate them, you still have to respect how good they were at the time that they were doing it and their legacy. Yeah. Who? Who? who what troop has a more successful film career? No, I, none of them. I none of them. Yeah. None of them do. I mean, you can point to. SNL is close. Yeah, you can point to movies. They're not as good as those movies, Peach, but you can point to Wayne's World. You can point to you know a couple of movies that were successful that were spinoffs of SNL. I mean, the Blues, the Blues Brothers, is an SNL movie. Yeah, well, those, you also were, gotta, those were franchise movies, though. That, that, that was an SNL thing that they just blew up larger. Monty Python would get together and write a as, movie as the same troupe and go right. with something completely new. Right. You almost said something completely different. <laughs> and now for something completely different. I don't see how that applies to Monty Python. <laughs> now why would it? <laughs> uh, classic Minister of Silly War. I please the Dead Pirate sketch. They're they're more than legendary. More than. Mm. Mm. Uh, so yeah, they're an obvious one. So I think we have three real strong ones there. I'm going to put in Living Color out there. I think I, because, I think I think because you have to. You have to I would take in Living Color over Kids in the Hall. I have stained only because I didn't watch enough of it. In my entire lifetime I think I've only seen ten shows. Okay. They were really funny. I, it was just we didn't watch it. I feel like I would take Kids in the Hall over them. You wanna put it close. We, we gotta wrap this up in four minutes. You wanna put them both in? You wanna put Mad T V in? <laughs> Thank you. Know, you. I, I, I love Mad TV. You do, don't you? Yeah, I sure do. It's very underrated. Can you tell me why? <sighs> I, I always thought that Mad TV did being absurd better than SNL. SNL, every sketch had a, had a sort of focus to it. And, and some Mad TV sketches were just sometimes just two people just rambling at each other. That it was funny. Mm-hmm. I can't. I they, they have a they have a whole sketch where, where I can't remember the, the uh, Will Sasso and uh, the other really tall cast member. The Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. Uh, the, the one the one who was earlier than Michael McDonald. The whole sketch is them interrupting each other but being polite. It, but, sir, no, sir, no. Excuse me, no, sir. Sir, and they do that for five minutes, and it's a scream. The, the whole, there was no point to the sketch. It was just two guys arguing over a counter or something. You know what's interesting? I always viewed Mad TV as, like, the impression show. Like, it was, like, to me, a lot of it was impressions. Like, I would turn on a sketch, and I would see somebody doing, like, somebody doing something. But, but granted, I have the problem with Mad TV that you have with In Living Color, Peach. In that I just didn't watch enough of it. I mean, when it was coming on, I was gearing up for SNL, and I was still an SNL junkie in those days. Mm-hmm. And so, eleven o'clock, I'd watch like Sports Center, and then at eleven thirty, I'd watch uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. 
So uh, I have the same problem. I would put it on the same. I would put those two shows on the same place. The, the thing about In Living Color was what it also had to go through as far as you know, uh, African American comedians and and sort of getting that audience, uh, you know, sort of honing in on that Saturday Night Live sketch audience at a time where it was very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And you had some incredibly, incredibly talented people on that show. I mean, the the, the Wayans brothers, the good ones, uh, you know, on that show. Jim Carrey on that the show. The first generation of Wayans right. brothers. <laughs> first, right. <laughs> Wayans, Wayans brothers 1.0. Right. Jamie Foxx is on that show. Jamie, I mean, Jamie Foxx. Uh, you know, Jim Carrey's brilliant on that show. Brilliant. I don't care for Jamie Foxx. But, uh, again, they had a lot of talent on that show. I, I would put those two shows. Now, what about... See the where sketch comedy has come because of upright uh, UCB and because of you know building off what the Groundlings was and what Improv Olympic was in LA um, and all the Del Close stuff and you have uh, Amy Poehler and and all the you you have Tina Fey uh, Colbert Steve Carell that second generation from Second City in Chicago yeah that you know, necessarily didn't do a show. Like, would you... They dispersed. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, you know, Reno 911, you know, is sort of a sketch show. That's the state. You know, exactly. It's, it's the people from the state. Or, uh, you know, Strangers with Candy. You know what I mean? It was like mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Amy Sedaris. Thank you, Amy Sedaris. You know, these are all sort of sketch shows that are just one long sketch. Yeah, well, they're kind of like they feel like side projects, right? You know, see, you know, for because the you know the time, you know the core of people can go can turn around right. and do something completely different. I would, you know, what I would do with the state? I'll throw Viva Variety in and put them together. Okay, and and and, uh, and I'll and I'll give them one show. How about the Tracy Ullman show? Oh. Well, wow, we didn't even talk about Carol Burnett either, by the way. Who says I wasn't going to? I mean, we we bring up the music all the time. <laughs> we kind of owe that, don't we? We'd, I just remember that show as a kid. I mean, I just remember... That show had one thing, right? Harvey Corman. Well, I mean, it had uh, Tim Conway, Harvey Corman, Carol Burnett, <laughs> the, the great cast. As far as Cal's concerned, that show had Harvey Corman. Hey, you know what? The guy should have won a Best Supporting Oscar for Blazing what Saddles. About, exactly. I, 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 what about yeah. Lyle Wagner? F him. Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman. About Lyle what about Ma? What the, or Maud or whatever her name was. Not Maud. Uh, yeah, Ma. Vicky Lawrence? Yeah. Sure. But they had the, they had the you could laugh in the sketch and it was okay. Right. Yeah, the Jimmy Fallon rule. Like you could yeah. crack up in a sketch and it was fine. It was part of it because they were cracking each other up. That's it. You know so what? Many of them Tracy Ullman is a is a great call. I don't know if I got into it enough, Peach. A lot of talent there. A lot, a lot of, of talent. A lot, you know, a lot of film bits. Uh, a, a good core cast. They got repetitive Funny too. Funny women. Funny women, certainly. Now, is anybody going to put Flight of the Condor in there? Flight of the. Uh... Has anybody watched enough of Flight of the Condor? Concord. What did Flight, I, of, Flight of the Concords is not a sketch show, though. Flight of the Concords. Is it not? No. I no, mean, they're, a, they're a comedy team that is fleshing out this other project, basically. Right. It's, 
feels sketchy to me. It might have been sketchy, but it wasn't a sketch. It's <laughs> it's, it's vignette more than sketchy. It's been that's a good that's a good one. What's the difference? Well, it had a story. Each episode had a story to it. Okay. Sketches don't necessarily link, but vignettes right. can. Okay, that's fair. Is that any, fair? Any any other? So, what's our five? Well, I got I got one for 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 the new guys for the younger the younger people. I really like the whitest kids you know. Ah, oh, I tried to. Oh boy, they're it. funny. I tried to watch it, Peach. I didn't like it at all. Oh yeah, old man. You didn't like I watched it. it. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that. I just. Oh, what about is well? Are we going to put that in Vignetti, Portlandia? I like Vignetti. I like Portlandia. That's Vignetti. That's like Flight of the Concords. That's a but Portlandia is a sketch show to me. It is, but it also has a tiny through line through it, kind of like uh, feel like Key Peele does. But so did SCTV. I mean, if you think but about Key it, yeah. Key and Peele I like. By Key the way. and Peele's real, real funny. I like. Yeah, it. I, hope, I hope they stay around. Terrible. Tremendous potential there. But I mean, didn't SCTV have a through line? Sure, always. Yeah, the station was going broke. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I would, I would argue that you could put Portlandia, not in there yet, but maybe on their way. Maybe I'm certainly way. not gonna. I'm certainly not gonna take Portlandia over Kids in the Hall, obviously. A Portlandia, though, I mean, what do they have besides uh, Fred Armisen and uh, what's her name, Carrie Brownstein? What else do, well, they well, get a lot of guests. Yeah, but what else do they need too? I mean, it's been from what I've seen of it. I just started watching it. What I've seen is very good. It is very right. good. You know, it's kind of like a, a it's a two person with a bunch of guest stars. Right. That's know, okay. Yeah, that's not that's a troop. Right. All right, let's wrap this up, boys, because we're we're going way over. Th- In fact, we're gonna have to we're gonna break this off and do a special RTU fun load. Break okay, it in half, gonna... dunk it in your coffee. Break it in half, dunk it in your coffee. Nice. PJ, would you take so random? The Disney show. Yes. <laughs> I hate that so much. I can't even I can't even come up with a good analogy for how much I hate that. Steve, the, there's a there's a Disney show. Oh no. It is the most shrill thing oh, I've right. I've ever seen in my life. Well, speaking of sketch comedy shows for kids, where do we put you can't do that on television? I didn't have cable. Wow. I wasn't that was clever like, for its time. Yeah, I wasn't some sort, but that was a sketch comedy show for kids. Absolutely. Yeah. So with Cana- all that, Canadian, of course. Canadians are so far ahead of us with comedy. And Keenan got- Thompson came from all that. Now, see that I've never heard of. Keenan Thompson, Amanda Bynes. I've never heard of Keenan Thompson. Young Starlet. You've never heard of Keenan Thompson? Huh? Soon to be in prison, Amanda Bynes. Keenan Thompson, Saturday Night Live. I, I know who he is. Yeah, Jean Cajon. What's up with that? Ooh, we. Well, this was fun. I uh, well, this was a fun load. All right, so oh. that's our that's our five: Mr. Show, SCTV, uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus, uh, The State slash Viva Variety, and uh, Kids in the Hall. I feel good with that. You want to go Kids in the Hall instead of In Living Color? Ooh. Dude, that's racist, dude. I let's tie it. Tie it. <laughs> <laughs> let's tie it. 
Can we give that third spot? That a quota to... system? What's happening? Can... Yeah. No. <laughs> Can we give the third spot to kids? It's a tie between Kids in the Hall, Mad TV, and In Living Color, and every other one. Just as that and tie it, for that last. Everybody time. wins. It's the Special Olympics. Everybody wins. Right. 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 And uh, you know what? We didn't uh, mention uh, uh, the Ben Stiller show. The short-lived Ben Stiller show. Ben very show good. was very good. Yep, and a lot of talent there. Andy Dick, Gene Garofalo. Uh, I think Odenkirk and Cross were writers on that. I think that's how they wound up at Mr. Show. Yeah, David um, Cross came on pretty late, but yeah. Yep. Uh, so, but I can't put it in there again. Not enough. Uh, not enough material. I'll tell you what. Let's kick the state and Viva Variety out. For not <laughs> enough material. And let's, let's put the state. We let's, can do that. We can kick them out. Let's put Kids in the Hall and Living Color uh, in the last two spots. Not the band. You were not funny at all. Not very no. Very serious. Nothing funny at all. Very, very, very serious. That, that Corey Glover. Very serious. Uh, all right. I feel good about this. You guys feel good about this? Yeah, I do. I do. I feel very soft. DJ? Right. I support it. Excellent. Good. And you'll, you'll be happy to give us the final unload. Well, I'll just tell you this. Um, I guess there's some Yankee news, but I don't think anybody's going to be talking about it tomorrow. I think all anybody's talking about tomorrow is this debate that just happened. Wow. Nice. Bombs I'm going to go watch it. Thrown. Cal, and final all- unload. Uh, my final unload is that the NHL made some progress today. The NHL owners came up with a 50-50 proposal for the players. And if they can get this done within the next week or so, we'll get a full season. I just want hockey. 50-50. Let's get back on the ice. It's a complete show. Our buddy buddy Kevin Greenstein today, Cal, I was uh, IMing with him. It was his birthday. Happy birthday, Kevin. Um, Said he, uh, it's a complete show. He does not believe it's 50-50. It was done to make the owners look good. And he does not foresee a season until January of 2014. Holy smoke! <laughs> yeah. Give it to so, us straight, uh, Kevin. What do you think? <laughs> I hope, uh, Cal, I hope you're right. Uh, my final unload is a, uh, a real simple one. A basketball team grows in Brooklyn. Will I be going? Will I be a Nets fan? I don't know. Stay tuned to this podcast because we're going to talk about it in about two weeks. That's going to be awesome. Uh, that's it for uh, PJ and Cal, my partner in crime. I'm Steve San Pietro. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I want to dip my balls in it. <laughs>